0: never a god.
1: This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. Um. Cough. And we're just two guys who have no other choice to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're unleashing our inner dancers as we watched spine uh. 406 in the Criterion Collection. Martha Graham, Dance on Film presented by nathan kroll i guess um what yeah i don't know we'll talk okay. about it but first rj are you still dancing so uh you still, you still you still grooving after uh uh what a week what a you, week
2: the it was right there for you the orson wells what do you think of fellini he dances he dances I've never stopped dancing. I've always had the groove on. Um, More importantly, I think you're kind of... You're,
1: you're just going to keep on moving. Yeah. Like
2: Do you like to move it, move it? Bow, Is that what you're bow,
1: saying? Bow, bow, um,
2: bow. I feel like when I coughed, I think you said trouser cough, and I feel like that's a hate crime. Rhythm? Is that what you Did you say trouser cough?
1: Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Rhythm? <laughs>
2: See, I feel like you skating over this is uh <laughs> is t- answering itself. Yeah. <clears throat> and all I gotta say is you got a lawsuit on your hands, pal. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know. Just How hard is af- it? Just because you're afraid that upper management at Pizza Hut's had enough of your shit and you can't you gotta be anonymous. I mean
2: hey, their union hands are everywhere you, and you people, violate people, that union agreement. People
1: people can go back and listen to the tapes and they'll they'll know who they're talking to.
2: Yeah, they'll know. They'll know. That's but a, they never a, they never hear what you say off air when you unhit that record button. But I <laughs> have my own record button. Yeah. And let's just say that Oops, those
1: tapes. Bombs. Lots of bombs being tossed. Yeah. Bombs there's a safety you...
2: deposit box yeah. downtown, which uh has through... hours, hours of hatred and Is it... of
1: vitriol. Is it just bombs A through Z?
2: I mean, there's bombs over Baghdad, if that's what you're asking about. Possibly. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, one time Jarrett said something so shocking, I had to end the podcast that day. Yeah. It was, yeah,
1: it was just, truly uh, hateful stuff. Pushed away from the keyboard in the <laughs> swivel chair.
0: Uh,
2: uh, yeah. Oh, uh. uh. actually, so I usually have this like hard piece of plastic under my chair because I'm on you carpet know. and I can kind of like.
0: Yeah.
2: But uh, uh, we pulled out the exercise bike. Not for me. I don't exercise. <clears throat> But the wife, she wanted to go on the bike while uh, watching TV and stuff. So I put the hard plastic under there. I was like, I feel like this would need it more because the bike is, like, heavier than my chair is. Uh, but now I can't move at all, and I feel really claustrophobic. Um, you're, really,
1: you're really sunk into that carpet?
2: Yeah. Yeah, this carpet's getting fucked up, man. We yeah. got it new yeah. last year. cats are ripping the shit
1: out of it. What? <laughs> the I thought shit you, out of it. I, I, I thought you'd be riding, uh, riding dirty. Um, because like a millionaire, like you were going to be getting rid of it, but you're you're just using it.
2: Oh no, no, oh yeah, I just just it's already been replaced. It.
1: and You're just fucking it up.
2: Well, I mean, they don't scratch the carpet, carpet, but the carpet that's on stairs, which is only the landing down to the spider dungeon, uh, they scratch that one up. So, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna hey, did you find a house for my uh my uh feral cat yet?
1: Not yet. I mean times the ticking though.
2: Well, I I someone at my work has a, a cat ranch kind of. They live on an acreage and uh okay. I, I, like they commute into the pizza hut every day and um they said they would take it but like I think this cat's feral. I don't know if I can get near it. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, cats come around. Well, we we've been giving him like he does not cat leave trapped. our he cat yeah, trapped. we will, but I think if if I get near him in the cat track trap like right now when we're in the backyard and he's back there, he kind of growls. He's like,
0: "Oh, oh, ah."
2: I think he's trying to be like, I'm scary. Don't get near me. But he, he stays in our backyard all day long. Yeah. Like, all day long. And I, I so guess it's because we well, feed the, him.
1: The, the food keeps coming.
2: I, I know. And I know you're not supposed to do that. But I can't help but feel bad for the little guy. He was so scraggly. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, he was so,
1: he, uh, he was so he, clearly astray. Is is he plumping up?
2: Uh, he's He looks a little bit healthier. Yeah, mm-hmm. he looks a little yep. bit healthier. But yep. it's causing a little discourse in our house because uh, Hazel... Absolutely fucking hates other cats, yeah. and uh, she's taking the aggression out on everybody. She sees <laughs> this guy in the window, and she's like, "I fucking hate you." But then she'll go over to Winnie and be like, <laughs> "So, well, wow. it's a sticky situation." Oh. Come over one day. You can hang out in the backyard. Maybe you'll uh, you'll find love. Yeah, black cat, green eyes, right in time for Creeptober, Jared. spooky That's season. That's
1: right. That's right.
2: Do you know you can't adopt a black cat in October? Why is that? Satanic panic. Oh. Maybe the rules have changed now, but that's what it was a long time ago. Was uh, they were afraid that Satanists we should,
1: were gonna we sacrifice the black cats.
2: Sacrifice the black cats. Yeah. No,
1: they they yeah. might just wind up, you know, keeping the cats. And like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I well, feel I like mean, if, if any what better time if, to get a black cat if if, cat? if any religious group would be like really into the their cats and mm-hmm. like you know not sacrificing them, uh, it would be Satanists.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the first rule of Satanism, right? Uh,
1: no rules.
2: Uh, no, they actually have rules, but the first rule oh, is do no ones? harm.
1: Do no harm.
2: Do no harm. Yeah. Satanists. I know all about this stuff. Uh... Depend, dep-
1: depends on the what kind of Satanists we're talking about here. The good ones. The good kind.
2: The devil rides out kind. Yeah. Yeah. The ones with uh, Golgotha, like uh, goat <laughs> masks and <laughs> stuff. Golgotha.
3: stuff
2: yeah hey, sure. sure. everyone does. Hey, where do you draw the line on soup and stew like when, when does it become a stew? When does it stop becoming a soup?
1: Isn't it just like how much uh filler you put in to thicken it up?
2: Yeah, but like if I was making a... how, much, a,
1: how starchy are we talking?
2: uh, like it still falls off the spoon, but it's pretty slow. like the drip, like do you know what I mean like uh, when you, we, when you we, talking,
1: the, we we talking about drips now.
2: you were talking about drip, yeah. Yeah, hmm. I'm just curious, and like so I don't know. You...
1: I, I mean, uh, I it's it's like pornography. I know when I see it.
2: Can you explain what you mean by that?
1: You, you Can don't, you start you by stating old...
2: your name and you, you, uh, your birthday?
1: You, you don't know that old chestnut. No, I'd like you to explain it. I think it's the Supreme Court of America. <laughs> like, I know when I see it. Okay. go. Okay. I didn't it. get any of that. No, no fully Discord froze. So, Oh, dear. Uh,
2: I believe it. Was, whatever you said, I'm sure it was uh, yeah. meaningful.
1: Absolutely. It really will change minds, I think. Yeah. We'll see if Craig bought uh,
2: per, uh, kind of like uh, keeps up and allows this to happen tonight. Okay. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, I don't know. This was apparently Jack of Bellis versus Ohio. The I know it when I see it line. Uh, I I see it. About obscenity.
2: I feel like if you're saying something like I know it when I see it, something bad has already happened. The
1: Supreme Court of the United States rulings concerning obscenity in the public square have been unusually inconsistent. (laughs) What a shock. What do they mean, unusually? Uh... I don't know, unusually. So, Jack of Ballas versus Ohio, 1964, narrowed the scope of the Roth decision. Justice Potter Stewart, in his concurrence to the majority opinion, created the standard whereby all speech is protected except for hardcore pornography. As for what exactly hardcore? constitutes hardcore pornography, Stewart said, I shall not attempt uh to today attempt further to define the kinds of material I understand to be embraced within that shorthand description. And perhaps I could never succeed in, in intelligibly doing so, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> and the motion picture involved in this case is not that. The film in question was Louis Malle's The Lovers. Oh really? Well
2: interesting.
1: No. Or did you very remember that. interesting. The lovers? Yeah, I remember the lovers? Remember uh, the I do. I th-
2: I think would have been better though if they had like uh, some sort of play on actors and like playing the same role or not playing the same role and like you know what I mean. Um,
1: I mean, how could you remember the lovers? We haven't seen it yet.
2: Yeah, I remember the lovers. But it's
1: hardcore pornography.
2: Hardcore. And then yeah. what? What was the follow up? Uh, Porn. Porno. Porno. So you're unsure about where to draw the line with soup?
1: Yeah, same stew? thing. I, I I think that uh, Justice Potter Stewart might feel the same way about soup and stew. Because he you, talks uh, like a, an Ohioan uh, gentleman. An Southern Belle? Oh, oh Ohioan. You sound Is like a Southern uh, Belle. Are, are, are folks from... Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I thought you said Ohioan. Uh, we, we, yeah, from Ohio. Ohioan. We have a couple of those. Do we? Yeah, we do. We have some. What oh, my. you don't, you don't know our listeners, RJ. They're gonna be real sad.
2: Oh, I know we have people from Ohio. I just don't know.
1: Like we even, have, we even have people from New Zealand.
2: That's not true. I, again, that's not even a that's not even legal.
1: He's back. Did you did you in know which this? form? In Discord form. Oh,
2: Jarrett, what's Discord?
1: Why it's one of the fastest growing social media platforms in the world today, RJ. Oh yeah, what Pizza do you find hype? on there? Uh, him. you find out such cool things as Smash the TV has signed back up. Interesting. He's, he's come clawing back, crawling <laughs> through the except he never came.
2: <clears throat> I didn't mean to the Discord. I just meant uh, uh, to the podcast in general, in podcast form. Do you know about po- pods and potentially
1: pogs? Yes. Yeah, posting posting hot takes already. I see. To me, nope, not you. You don't post at all. What on the Discord? I post all
2: the time on the Discord. Not enough. I'm one of the only guys posting hardcore stuff on Discord.
1: Hardcore stuff. Yeah.
2: Whoa. Like have you seen what I've been posting lately? Did you hey, see what
1: I've RJ, Okay, so say someone yeah. wanted to see some of your hardcore posts, what would they have to do to see well, it on Discord?
2: For the low price, uh for as low as, but not there but there is no maximum, but there for a minimum of at least uh one dollar uh American currency, I believe. So if you live outside of America, you might have to compensate, like do like five or something. But like one dollar a month you can be part of the discord uh you go to patreon and you sign up and then we send you a link and then you're part of this community of people who post um things that are borderline uh hate crimes on uh channels such as the creeping uh, stench and uh foods and snacks uh and uh my personal favorite the smoke hole
1: no i posted in the smoke hole the other day did you see it i I think I did, but I don't recall it. I have to click on it myself to find out what you're talking about.
2: Oh. I felt like this was really well, speaking to stogies.
0: me.
1: Well, so
2: the you see the subreddit, and then you see why it was like how it was recommended to me. It says because you've shown interest in this community, and I have. I have shown interest in that community.
1: Yeah, the smoking community.
2: No, that this one was on burgers. Oh, I I it just popped up one day. It was like burger pictures, and I was like. Yeah, I'll look at some burger pictures. Hell, he went hello. I went oh. <laughs> so we had some burgers there. We have the video game chuds. A lot of them are up in uh up in a roar because uh the show that you probably wouldn't like, Nirvana the band, the show is and Mega sixty four had a uh a joining which is pretty uh pretty outrageous here.
1: W- w- would some call it epic?
2: Some would. Some would call it that. There's talk of Death Stranding being playable on the iPhone fifteen, which. I find outrageous. My PS5 controller couldn't go for more than an hour and a half without its battery being drained because how much of like feedback was coming through that thing. So like (laughs) iPhones are going to be exploding when this game comes out. I don't get it.
1: Uh, I think people will be exploding in their pants Uh, when, when when they get to download it and play it and experience it for the first time.
2: Speaking of pants, I, I see a friend of the show Lawrence just said something about going bam bam in the ham, and that's a quote from him. So you guys can you guys can piece that together. However, what, you what,
1: want. do you remember what that was in reference to?
2: Oh, I remember. I'm choosing not to okay. talk about it directly. Yeah,
1: but hey, you know what though? Uh, it's got to be said that Creepsville—it's uh, your one-stop shop for uh, news stories about Timothy Chalamet. I also mention that as well. Yeah. He's he's uh yeah he's he's made some powerful enemies here in Creepsville. Uh,
2: who do you think has more? <clears throat> who do you think is more universally disliked through the podcast and the Discord? Timothy Shalaman or Matthew Broderick?
1: Matthew Broderick, the the mascot, and
2: Matthew Broderick.
1: I don't know. Like do the... do many people even know who that is? Manslaughterer. <laughs> when what they, they 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 see this guy. And he's gonna—it's gonna be that. Uh, until I'm bored of it. That, <laughs> that is. Matthew
2: Broderick's the Avatar.
1: I like to think that. Uh, for a lot of people, that when they hear Matthew Broderick, they think of us.
2: I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Just remember, though,
1: it's actually if... probably good for his reputation, really.
2: Yes, yes, and remember, if this can't get back to him, this isn't slander. I've never said anything. Illicit about Matthew Broderick. I want. I want to make that very you clear.
1: You read what's on his Wikipedia. I
2: only read what was on the Wikipedia page, oh. and I feel like if he has any disagreements with that, I think Wikipedia anybody can edit. So I would. I would advise. I would advise his legal counsel to edit the Wikipedia page. I have never said anything of any kind of slanderous nature, and I am a hundred percent sticking with that. Okay. So you make a make your own informed decision. All right.
1: What about all that libel on your Twitter, though?
2: There's nothing on my Twitter. Not a single thing. Nothing. Okay. Not a single thing. Uh, The Twitter doesn't exist anymore. So that's true. Too bad, man. Too bad. All we have is this app that I'm too embarrassed to open in public now because (laughs) not not because it looks like porno, but uh, because you can't. Well, you
1: can. You can definitely see (laughs) pornography on the on that app cuz well, no sure. rules
2: yeah but that's not why I don't open it in public it's more I don't want anyone to think I'm so sub- supporting that dude <laughs> that I guy. think that's more embarrassing than anything you know the guy I know yeah yeah
1: yeah sweet yeah. anyways let's blow ass am i right all right hey um mhm um i Boy, I want to yeah. read I want to read a couple emails we got from... excuse me from a, I'm sure what I'm, like, I know I'm, I'm breaking the rules here, but I think this is very important. Okay. Because uh, we got, we've received two emails in the last four days. Uh, the last five days, I guess. Okay. Um, from a Christian Sorensen. The Christian Sorensen? Yeah, from Potter App. From the the Potter App? Uh, this email was entitled, Podcasting Masterclass.
2: Oh, this sounds informative and potentially uh,
1: rewarding. Are, are you ready? To, are you are you ready to get cash? RJ, uh,
2: <laughs> I saw I've ever been doing
1: <laughs> well. It begins. Hey, ever wonder how to tap into insights that can accelerate your growth? Our platform uh, yeah. Potter app has twenty or sorry, two B data points revealing the secret sauce behind successful oh, wow. podcasts. Our own podcast, Podcast Growth Tactics by Potter, mm-hmm. is already seeing a surge in listener engagement and downloads to our insights. We a initially surge, you re- say. Yeah, surge. We initially reserved our upcoming masterclass only for Potter app users, but oh, wow. sharing is caring. So we opened it up. Oh, Want to join in? Incredible. Think of it as a free masterclass in podcasting with a side of FOMO. Interested? Cheers, uh, Christian. I don't know how you couldn't did, be interested. Hey, do you think? Do you think Christian has a Deathly Hollow uh, tattoo? Oh, I
2: guarantee Christian is a server at Chili's or Applebee's, and he 100% has the Deathly Hollows tattoo. Yeah. Have you started? Have you gone to a restaurant since no. I brought that up? <laughs> as Soon like as Apple's. you go. Uh-huh. I guarantee you three out of yeah. five servers in that place. will have that tattoo. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's uh it's one of nature's oh, 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 few I'll leave, absolutes.
1: Uh, I'll leave it to the, uh, the Catholic school graduates to, to do this work for me to do, uh,
0: well, I to mean, like, I, I told you, yeah, well, like really before.
1: like, like observe, really look at their servers. And, like,
2: well, it's witchcraft. You gotta be on the, on, on the, Gnome. you gotta be Gnome. looking for witchcraft wherever it is. Gnome. Cause, uh, we crusaded about this a long time ago, and I feel like we maybe in, missed it.
1: Well, you, you inquisited.
2: Yeah, there were some inquis- inquisitors, yeah. some witch finder generals, and things that's, of that, that nature. That's right.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, maybe the job's not that, done. That's not all Christian had to say.
2: He got, oh, wow. he got
1: back to us a few oh, days later. Was... <laughs> Just circling back on the invite to our podcasting <laughs> masterclass. Still interested? It's like, hey, dude, I wasn't interested.
2: No, he's just circling back. He's just circling but are back. are you
1: still? You're still interested. You're, you're uh, still.
2: Good. You're still coming, right?
1: <laughs> we can help you two to three times your listenership. Wow! Increase sponsorship deals by forty percent. Oh, huge! That's forty percent of zero, RJ. I and achieve a twenty percent boost in listener engagement. Honestly, incredible. It's too good not to share. It's a zero dollar roadmap to taking your podcast to the next level. Last I... call for boarding. <laughs> what do you say? Best Christian. Uh hey Christian. <laughs> fuck yourself.
2: <laughs> hey, don't be too harsh here. Like, I mean, I I feel like <laughs> he might be right. This opportunity might be too, yeah. too good to pass up on. Yeah. He might be right, <laughs> Jer. Mm-hmm. This sounds. Kind of incredible. Like, I'm kind of oh, mad at whoa. you for not Sleep, exploring sleeping this on this option,
1: sleeping on this deal.
2: Yeah, I'm. Mean, if anything, I think you're at fault a, here. It
1: is a free masterclass, RJ.
2: Well, you know, I, you know what they say: the first taste is free. Yeah, I learned that from watching the Shield season yeah. one through seven. that's right. The first taste is free, buddy. But then then you gotta pay you gotta
1: pay <laughs> well we do have an email from a real email from a real person keegan uh but it's gonna have to wait
2: uh, until emails are read for real yeah that's right is there any time-sensitive material in there like if you ever got an no. email that was like please you I'm must trapped. help i'm,
1: I'm trapped. in that situation i'm trapped in a bank and i'm running out of air
2: you are the only uh email i could send good have email. used
1: should have used <laughs> your remaining data better. Jackass. No.
2: And then I and then we'd say, well, we'll read about this next month.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Wash our hands of this negligence. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I feel like it wouldn't be our fault though, because we're we're pretty explicit about our our um podcast rules. Do you know what I mean?
1: Uh, yeah. We hey, you know what? You know, some places they're about no rules. We're about we're rules. Rules about... and law and order. A little bit. Of, a little bit of decorum.
2: Law and order, Jerry. That's what we do
1: here. <laughs> carry yourself better, okay? Who, you or me? Everyone. You especially.
2: I've done nothing but good things for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime I've, I've been asked to do good things, I've done nothing but good things for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember that one good thing I did?
1: That's pretty great.
2: That is pretty great, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, anyway, RJ... Let's, yeah let's let's keep this one short this week what right. you been uh what you been creeping on what? Uh, oh. <laughs> oh man um what
2: was i talking about
1: were you watching Ch- chevy chase films this week <laughs> well jared i was in chubby, fact chubby chase
2: watching, watching some chevy chase movies this week uh i also like uh, one uh, no, just one. I watched okay. another movie, too. It just got buried in my Martha Graham uh, binge sesh that I was binging on the weekend. Um, but let's talk about Chevy Chase. You ever heard of a little film, Jared? You might have seen this in theaters, perhaps. Came out in the 90s. Starred Home Improvement's star actor, Jonathan Taylor Thomas.
1: Oh! That's right. Oh.
2: I'm talking about Man of the House.
1: You know... Chevy Chase. I did not see Man of the House. Ever? Ever. Or just in the Never.
2: Jared? Were you not a home improvement fan?
1: Uh I, I You never no. TGIF'd with your family? That wasn't TGIF.
2: Home improvement? Home improvement was for sure TGIF. No.
1: No, 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 no. What was you, like
2: a, it? was it Thursday night?
1: Yeah, uh, it was not Friday though.
2: Well, what was Friday? Boy Meets World. Uh, family Fam- matters. Uh, Family
1: Matters yeah. is number one there. Family Bucco. Matters, Boy Meets World,
2: Boy Meets World,
1: Step by Step, and then there was like the 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 that was it was it had its fall, it had its moments. I think it actually predated Boy Meets World, but I might be misremembering. Okay. But then the ten o'clock, ten thirty because ten thirty everybody's like going to sleep, so it was Rotating kind of like it, it was the dumping ground of yeah. viewing, because that's where you're like uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper's would go, oh. um, and uh, Sister Sister.
2: Yeah, yeah, Sister, Sister. But, I
1: mean, because I think, I can't remember D- Dinosaurs was on there.
2: Dinosaurs, well, one, it was airing for three seasons, yeah.
1: Yeah, when well, it was airing for those three seasons. What was the Thursday seasons. slot?
2: Like, Roseanne, Home Improvement. Uh,
0: I
1: want to say Home Improvement might have even been Tuesday. but Tuesday? Uh, yeah. See, I'll, I'll you... tell you. I'll and tell Roseanne you. was in there, I'll too. I'll tell right? you. Well, Because like, it was always about like the coveted slots of uh, Best like Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, YouTube. Thursday. Let's see here. Let's see what September seventeenth, nineteen ninety one, would have been because it might have changed okay. the following year when the show got bigger. Um, what day of the week? Oh God, this is not helping. Uh huh. Yeah, whatever it, you're doing. It was a it was a Tuesday.
2: Tuesday for Home Improvement or for Roseanne.
1: Uh, for for Home Improvement.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Because that was the one I was like, no, it was not. Because I remember talking about that the day after, like the next day in school. In school, and it like, wasn't hey, Friday. Guys. You, you it, see the new HI. You know what yeah. though? And then it got moved to Wednesday in season mm, three. And that's it prime appears. time,
2: right? Oh, of course.
3: Yeah, that's the prim- middle of the that, week.
1: That's uh, appointment television. Oh yes. Oh yes. Okay, so uh, it was Tuesday. TG- it was either Tuesday or Wednesdays though. But uh, yeah, okay. it was definitely not not Friday. PGIF.
2: Okay, I thought it was.
1: Um... I think
2: Roseanne was a Tuesday, Wednesday as well. Like yes, that was, that was yep. a, a ticketed one. And then, yeah, I remember Family Matters and Boy Meets World for sure. Well, what, what, Sa- that, what
1: about Sabrina the Teenage
2: Witch? Sabrina was in there. I did watch Sabrina. Yeah. And then. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm looking
1: at it right now. I'm mm-hmm. looking at the TJF TV shows. Okay. So number one with a bullet. And you're naming this Boy Meets World, but Full House. Uh, Full... No, uh, no, no, Full House. That doesn't even make sense. Full House wasn't TGIF. No, no way. Full no no House was like a Sunday Family show. Matters, yeah. No, Family my Matters head. is the when original I was, TGIF. I was staring at Full House and just seeing Family yeah. Matters, and I, went, and I read the words in front of me. I went, no.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, like Family Matters, I'd say, was because that predated Boy Meets World even. That was on before Boy Meets World. So that was the original TGIF show, I I feel.
1: Like. <sighs> well, let's see. I mean, now this is like, is this even like accurate to be looking at? No, it's not. Because Full House was not on that fucking Mr. list. Like, Mr. Belvedere. No. That wasn't at that
2: point. Get fucked, Mr. Belvedere. Per, That's not perfect,
1: it. Perfect Strangers. Uh, that that was a th- that was uh not was on fleeting. Fridays. Fle- that was a brief moment. No, it was a like, hey, Perfect Strangers was a uh, uh iconic stuff though, but it was not a Friday show. I think it yeah. moved to Thursday. I don't know. But or I'm wrong no, on I that. Have... Who knows? Who knows? Memory can't be trusted. Can't be trusted. But yeah, there there it is, hanging with Mr. Cooper.
2: Okay, so in my mind, now that we've mentioned it, my mind, I think it's Family Matters, Boy Meets World, Sabrina. Uh, that's that's the lineup yeah. that plays in my head. And maybe oh, something else.
1: Oh, look at this. Uh, there, there is Larry, There's Larry and Balky during an interstitial for TGIF. So there was a period of time where it was on Fridays. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, that was uh,
2: good stuff. A slice of life, eh?
1: Real, yeah, brings you back.
2: So, yeah, so anyways, you know, the star of Home Improvement, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, he's in this movie with bleached eyebrows. They bleached his eyebrows for this movie. Have you ever seen anything like that?
3: Uh, I'm sure I have. Okay,
2: yeah. And what did you think about it?
1: When I see bleached eyebrows? Yeah,
2: it's a lot of work. They, like, bleached his hair because he's supposed to be, like, a beach bum, kind of. He lives in uh, Seattle. Oh. Okay. So, uh, anyways, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Randy, as we, we all know him.
1: Randy. Uh, his,
2: his mom is Farrah Fawcett, who oh. I, I, I did some uh some light sleuthing, and I didn't know all the stuff that happened to Farrah Fawcett in the later years of her life, which I'm going to explain to you because it's relevant to this movie. Okay. So, uh, Farrah Fawcett's his mom, and uh, the movie opens with... Uh, uh, Randy, I'm gonna call him Randy, with Randy's dad abandoning the family and just waving out the car as the car drives away, and that's how this movie opens. So, Snow Dad better than No Dad. Remember that line? That's another classic. Uh,
1: I, I do want to mention. So, talking about Perfect Strangers, it yeah. originally it originally aired for uh, six episodes on a Tuesday. It moved to Wednesdays in primetime in '86 until '88. For the last two years of its run, uh, no actually for another couple years it was on TGIF i think to maybe bring attention to a friday night lineup and mm-hmm. then and then it uh then it went to saturday that show was getting shuffled all over man mm-hmm. Bronson Pinchot, Pen- can, you can't just draw him anymore like you used to no no anyways why not continue telling me about man of the house okay uh
2: what was i saying um uh, oh, yeah. So the movie opens with the dad abandoning the family. So uh, Randy is like, he's like, who needs dads? He's like, it's just me and my mom hanging out at the beach in Seattle. He's like, she's my best friend. And then uh, it's like anytime she brought a guy home, it's just it's like a montage of them, like laughing at guys trying to impress him. He's like, they were all duds. And then one day she came home and said, I'm getting married and oh. he's moving into the house.
1: And uh, here shit. comes ben, little Chevy. Ben, little Ben Archer. Ben getting, Archer, getting, well, Randy, yeah.
2: Ra- Randy Tom. Uh, He's getting Taylor.
1: pushed out. Yeah,
2: he says this guy wants to marry my mom. He said this National Lampoon looking guy right here, this Chevy Chase. Not a chance, pal.
1: Hey, Ron Canada is in this movie.
2: Ron Canada is in this movie, and George went Oh, and, I know uh, I that other guy there. The other guy who's like a classic, like '90s dad guy. I can't remember his name. I should look it up. Do you know who I'm talking about? The other classic 90s dad?
3: Uh, sure. Art LeFleur.
2: La- ah. From The Sandlot and Field of Dreams ah. and The Blob and Cobra uh, that, and Maverick. Yeah, okay. And good. yeah, Art LeFleur. Uh, but yeah, Ron Canada and George Wendt in this too. So uh, Chevy Chase is a, a district attorney or something like that. And the movie opens with him uh, persecuting uh, like one of Seattle's mob bosses. Seattle has Italian mobs, Jarrett. This is a key key detail. Uh, So then Chevy moves in and then Randy's like, I'm going to chase this guy out of here because ain't no one dating my mom, but me. That's what Randy says. Um, So Randy's like, I want this guy out of here. And what he decides to do is to do it. There is a kind of, uh, there's like a club. It's not scouts. It's the other one. They're called like, it's a word I can't use right now, but it's an indigenous club for first nations peoples. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what it's called. What it is. Yeah. So Randy joins it, not wanting to do it. He's just, he's like, this is the dorkiest thing I can think of. I'm going to do this so that it chases this guy out of here. And, uh, he joins. And that's where you see, uh, um, like all those dads, uh, not Ron Canada. He's, um, Chevy Chase's boss but all the other dads like George Wendt and stuff and a dude who's very much like uh, what's that um Italian guy from the Jarmouche movie you know very expressive from Life is Beautiful what's that guy's name
1: again oh Benito uh, Benini yeah, yeah. Ben- <laughs> not Benigni. him
2: but the American counterpart who's also mute that guy like this guy is acting like R- Roberto Benini mute um yeah he doesn't talk He's not deaf. He just doesn't talk. He's like a mime or something. So him and then uh, Fleur and uh, George went. They're all the dads and all their sons are there. And they they do things like uh, raise teepees and practice archery and... Uh, look at plants and stuff like that and at one point uh they bring in uh an actual like first nations guy and he shows them how to rain dance and stuff
1: chief leonard george
2: chief leonard george that's the guy that's the guy uh they call him uh his last name is like red crow in this because it's like northwestern right so red crow kind of fits into that um i can't remember what uh tribe they said he was from it's like not not like an al alberta montana one but like a washington one like that i can't remember what the i've never heard it before but andy did she's like oh yeah those guys are from like washington i was like oh never heard of it before um so anyways uh jared uh uh,
1: like coast salish
2: yeah something like that
1: yeah 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 something like that
2: um but anyways randy's not liking it chevy's not liking it and uh but then chevy is kind of he he figures out Randy's trying to get him out of there. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to lean into it, and I'm really going to go after this. And uh, he does. And guess what, Jared? They start having fun.
0: Oh, and man. And male
2: bonding ensues. You know about man. male bonding?
1: Oh, I, I only know of it because I listen to the Criterion Creeps podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. It's some male bonding. So they start having fun. And, uh, and then eventually... Um, randy's mad at chevy because the mob tries to kill him one day and so he's late for the canoe trip but chevy doesn't tell them that because he doesn't want to worry the family and then they go camping and then the mob the italian mobsters come out camping and they try to kill the entire like uh (laughs) the entire club so like all of the dads and all of the 10 year old kids are like we'll kill you all suckers and uh but then they use their like First Nations training to uh, assault the uh, Italian mob, so they shoot bows and arrows and tomahawks, and the the mob guys are always like, "Look, he's got a bow and arrow." Oh, but it's like they they just see them like shoot them like through trees, like with that much force and impact. It's like I feel like you should be scared of this, you know what I mean? But they're like, "Oh, what's he gonna do? He's got a bow and arrow." Oh, oh.
1: yeah. I um, wonder if you saw uh, uh, Corey watched House of Gucci. Mm-mm. Uh and his the, the rare uh tag uh he popped onto it. Mamma mia pizza pasta. P- Mamma mia pizza pasta. Yeah. Oh so, uh I, I got a follow up just saying, uh why, what 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 offense did this film bring that uh actually had you use a tag and he's like Adam Driver. <laughs> That's why.
2: He he looking for the pizza.
1: Yeah. The pizza
2: pie. That's good. Anyways, they've Maurizio. 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 Good.
1: Oh, well, I guess Adam Driver trying to be RJ? Maurizio. An, an, an offensive old. Italian stereotype.
2: Wait, what I do is not offensive because it's never racist if it's against Italians. Go on. I That's just something I read on Wikipedia. So it's not yeah. my own personal opinion. Yeah. It, it, it was on a Wikipedia this, I read.
1: This, this is what we call the. Uh, the, the Broderick Gambit—that's the no, name I'm... of the star. That's that's the name of the uh, Star Trek episode. Yeah, that's starring it. that's R.J. A... It's like a it's, a it's a trial episode. It's like a, yeah, but it
2: takes um, place in a Thelonian web because yeah. uh, there's danger everywhere. That's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's talking about the Gabagool.
2: The Gabagool,
1: like this. You see, Your Honor.
2: Are there any women in the crowd?
1: <laughs> yeah, un unrepentant.
2: Meet me outside. I gotta show you something.
1: So, uh, uh, lessons learned.
2: Lessons are learned. Uh, relationships are formed, and at the end of it, Randy goes, "You know what? It's okay if you marry my mom." And then it an- ends with this song. I-, I rented this a couple times when I was a little yeah. kid, and I remember rewinding the end of the movie for the song. It's kind of like a, it's like a First Nations like throat, throat singing, but it's also mixed with like something that kind of sounds like Moby. <laughs>
3: Oh. Yeah. And I,
1: I like, man I, this song is good. <laughs> you know I, what I'm talking about? I think I could take a guess. I'm just looking it up. Would here. it would it oh, be you're, appropriate i knew, like... okay, I fucking knew exactly what you're talking about you're talking you fucking talking to innocence little yeah and enigma return to innocence
2: yeah man that of a little bit they throw in the throat singing for this movie or is that of part of the song no
1: that's the song they're yeah. uh, you know bit of a
2: little bit of Oh yeah, so it's not it's not okay for him yeah, this, to yeah, make yeah, those this, noises. Well,
1: I, I, I was gonna say that I, I actually had looked up this song uh, not that long ago
2: for like to put it in an episode.
1: No, because I was just like, oh, that fucking song. Because oh, I, I'm not a fan, of RJ. I, I don't you I, could put it in this episode. But, and I did probably see that. Oh, it's used in the end credits for uh, Man of the House, and I was like, that's a movie I've never seen. But I can imagine RJ jamming, busting out some. Uh, Martha Graham-esque moves. Uh, what oh was yeah. To this? When
2: I uh, when I was like five or six, renting this movie, like I genuinely I rewound the credits and I was like, man, this song is good. Can yeah. I oh, sing yeah. it, or would that be inappropriate? You you do what you want to do. No, I can't. There's lawsuits out there. There's lawsuits yeah. everywhere. Uh, let's yeah. just say, I think that song rules. And so here's the thing about Man in the House. I can see a lot of people. I, I wrote a review about this. I can see a lot of people like getting mad at this for cultural appropriation, but like, I think it is trying to like be the opposite of that like George Wendt and all these guys they're just really wholesome dudes that are just like hey man we're just trying to like learn about the people that were here before us and just trying to do the right thing and I'm like man like these guys had it figured out they would have been the woke ones in the 90s you know what I mean because they were trying but it's not like I don't think there's anything like super insensitive other than like they are wearing like headdresses and stuff and it's like oh you probably shouldn't do that but uh (laughs) Head dresses, but uh, i mean uh colorado airport you can buy a headdress for like five grand or something so mm-hmm. anybody can get one i guess so i did watch a uh um, <laughs> house jared no yeah oh i i don't know if you want to hear about it we watched uh zach brass new movie a good person oh do you know about this nope uh i would call it a good movie
1: wow rj liked the movie
2: uh, i do i like i i've mentioned before i think a lot of people dunk on zach braff uh i like his movies man i don't care i don't think they're they're bad it's about uh grief and loss and addiction and depression and alcoholism
1: and smoking and, and florence pugh
2: florence pugh well i think they were dating at this time and then uh morgan freeman florence pugh is like dating morgan freeman's son and they're engaged and then she's driving a car with uh her, like, soon-to-be sister-in-law and brother-in-law, and she gets in a car crash, and they both die. And that's the opening, and then it cuts to a year later, and she's addicted to OxyContin, and uh, her life is in shambles. Uh, she's...
3: Oh, I see. Very interesting. Very interesting. RJ's
1: been snorted. Snatched into the chaos warp um the chaos what? warp yeah you 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 disappeared for a little bit oh there. where did yeah. i cut out i i i don't know i just, i think your geller field failed rj <laughs> i think uh i don't even know if you're who you are claiming to be at the moment you could have been swapped
2: i could have. Uh, yeah this is the guy who says things he sees on wikipedia or that there was a guy in here who said the stuff he read on wikipedia could be true i uh, i don't know uh, Well, in case that happens again, this movie is about grief and loss and addiction and depression. And I was like...
1: All the good things in life. <laughs> yeah.
2: Morgan Freeman talks about, like, poon and sex, and, like, he drops a lot of F-bombs in this. It was pretty pretty shocking.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that just seems like pandering to the the t- 21st century audiences. It's what they want. Uh-oh. I think... RJ's frozen again. I want to take a screenshot here of his uh murky face. Look at him. Just murking away. Thinks he's so clever. Maybe it's not even recording me. Maybe I'm the problem. It's unknown. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to uh send this to RJ. Oh there he's back again. I uh, yeah. What's going on here? I don't
2: know. I, I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe in like five minutes we could maybe try a soft restart or something.
1: Perhaps. Where did you? Oh, <laughs> R- RJ's internet is grumbling apart. I just want to send him this picture. So proud of himself in his bad internet, his Bane statue, his cat. Who does he think he is? He can't even get a word out. See, he doesn't want to talk to you people anymore, but I do. I love you all. You're all wonderful people. RJ doesn't like you, though. That's why he's not here right now. He thinks he's better. I have to convince him every every week on this Wednesday. Before we record, you know what? It's like, maybe we'll take it away from them because they don't deserve us. And I'd say, no, no, RJ. They do. They do deserve it. They need us. Like, I suppose, <laughs> Just toy with them a little longer. That was struggling. Mapuda. Yeah. You know, yeah. So we're back, baby. We're yeah. back.
2: So did you get anything about that Zach Braff movie? No. Okay. Uh, I liked it. It's about sad people doing sad shit. So. Okay. How's okay. that sound? Okay. And then I, I think I know what you really want to hear about, Jarrett. I think you want to hear about the Shield. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to hear about anything. Season. You, you, uh, it's piss. We're, we're, just, we're, we're just having a conversation. It's friendly. we just having a conversation. It's not personal. It's not personal. It's not personal? It's not personal. It's, not personal. it's, not personal. Oh. it's just...
1: So The Shield, Season 5, coming at you. The I, I think it's the season that I think, um in the early days, before you were getting going, I was like, Season 5 is like kind of the, the, the peak. I, I've... Yeah, if my memory I, I feels so. it's like, it's really good stuff. It's yeah. some of the most memorable stuff uh, yes. that holds up pretty well. And it sets up like really well. The last, like, you know, the last two, two seasons two, are two just seasons. running with like everything that happens from season five. Yeah. 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 So it's season... all, it's all fun and games for the first four seasons.
2: Yeah, well, it's all something
1: fun and games. So fun season three
2: games. was the season that made me want to stop watching TV. <laughs> season four was rebirth. And yeah. Glenn, Glenn Close bought, uh, brought me back. And season five was when I developed generalized anxiety disorder.
1: Oh, we'll call that new 52.
2: New 52. Because uh, anytime Forrest Whitaker is on screen, it gave me so much anxiety because it's like, what is he going to do next? It was it, it, this, this show. This show makes you stressed out. Like it, it made me stressed out incredibly. Yeah. So season five, <clears throat> yep. where we left season four, uh the boys have a falling out. Um well they did in at the end of Again. season three as well. Yeah, but another falling out. Uh but uh the team is somewhat back a little bit. Um mm-hmm. and the four ends with Glenn Close being like, Hey Vic, they're on to you, pal. They're on to you. Uh so season five is the uh internal affairs season and Forrest Whitaker is the sergeant uh, who is uh, making his personal vendetta on Vic? Even though he'll say it's not personal, it's not personal. I'm just asking questions. No, no, there's no voyeur. It's just there's no voyeur. It's just you and me. It's not personal. Um, so season five, this is the internal affairs season. So I got five hundred one. Uh, cold open funeral fight, corpse on floor. I also wrote, "Dudes get puked on" in this episode, and then Coldplay? Question mark. <laughs> I think there's another Coldplay song in this, but it's hard. At the, to at, at, at the end. Uh, yes, yes. Okay, I'll do some uh, research.
1: Tell me, tell me more. So this
2: episode's called Extraction, as the strike team tries to end a race war between between blacks <laughs> and Mexicans. Dutch and Claudette investigate a riot at a high school that also stemmed from racial tensions. So here's the updates. Uh, Danny is pregnant. I forgot to mention in the the season four finale, Vic and Danny uh, get it on in a car. Uh, So everyone, uh, nobody knows who is the father, but everyone assumes it's Vic. Uh, So she's pregnant. So she's on desk duty. She's kind of like the person that runs the cage. So Julian has a trainee, which is uh, a gal named Tina, who is going to be a kind of a major character in season five and six and then isn't anywhere in Season 7 until the end. And then there she has a line that says, man, you go on vacation for two weeks and everything changes. And it's just like, I think they realized they forgot Tina was on the show. Right. Um. So he's training Tina. Danny's pregnant. Uh. And then this is, yeah, like high school riots and stuff like that, gang wars, and uh, I don't know. The the big thing for this is that Forrest Whitaker is here, mm. and he's asking questions. So he goes and he uh befriends uh corinne and he says he has an autistic son uh, so he can like talk to her uh force whitaker is also going after lem and uh, it's not quite known yet but he says we got lem for the heroin thing which was last season he's like but let's wait to see what else we can get on the strike team because Forrest whitaker doesn't just want lem he wants all of them and he especially wants mackie that's his goal mackie Uh, And we have an interim chief uh, or interim uh, captain, and that is uh, Captain Billings, (laughs) who uh, has been on the show, but is from now on going to be a pretty prominent character for the remainder of the series. Yeah. But uh, they offer it to, uh, at the end of season four, they offer it to Dutch, and Dutch is like, nah, he's like, I'm not going to be your interim uh, captain. He's like, no way. Well,
1: well, isn't there a thing about the fact that they wanted him because they thought he'd be weak? yes yeah and that he'd be like malleable and he was like and he found that out and he was just like no 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 yeah
2: because like the plan was it was going to be claudette and then claudette makes waves at the uh uh like in season four so they're like well you're definitely not captain anymore uh and then uh yeah they 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 want um dutch but uh dutch sees through it because you know he's a super detective. Uh, you only have to kill so many animals to get that kind of keen instinct. Hey, that's, I I
1: hate, that's I hate everything got better for old Dutch boy. After Afterwards, no. he's the
2: moral compass now. But you know, people don't forget. People don't forget. No. Uh, the big thing for this is that Forrest Whitaker has an interrogation tactic where he holds out juicy fruit, and it's oh, like yeah. a plot yep. point. And he's just like, he's like, take want a piece? And whenever someone it. says no, he goes, "I just opened it. It's fresh. Come on, take, take, take a piece." And he says, "A weak person will take the gum." But a strong person yeah. will refuse.
1: Well this was uh this was a Lawrence thing for a little while after watching this. Offering
2: juicy fruit to people?
1: Yeah, or anything. Take it.
2: Come on, take it. Take it. Take it. On. Yep. It's a fresh pack. Yeah. Uh, very, and so uh, that's... Easy,
1: very uh, easily influenced, uh, yeah. all of us. Uh, so uh, Shields it's... Impact though. It's it's great wide. Te- great T V.
2: Uh, then we got the five. Oh, was it Coldplay? It was. Yeah. Okay. A, a, I, a
1: track called "Till Kingdom Come."
2: Kingdom Come. Yeah. I was like, because I I remember seeing it. I was like, Coldplay in the first episode. That it's like we're really usually... blowing our
1: load here, Sean Ryan.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's usually reserved for the season finale. But this did keep up the tradition of. Vic bodying somebody in the first episode. Yeah. Uh the video proof is on the Discord. So yeah. every season opener has Vic uh just full on bodying someone in some way. Uh until it escalates to the point where they uh it's it, it can't be topped, uh yeah. is what I would say. Okay. And that's season sixes.
1: Yeah. Uh
2: so then we have 502. Dead dogs again. This show fucking loves killing dogs. And I don't know why. <laughs> There are so many dead dogs in this, uh, and I also noticed something in these first two episodes. Sometimes Claudette's hair is that uh, um, iconic red, and sometimes it's not. And I was like, "Did they forget to dye her hair that day?" So uh, it, it really stuck out to me, and it was the only thing I could see in this episode. In this first episode, I was like, "I was like, some scenes her hair is red, and some, some it's not." I was huh. like, "What is going on?" Uh, this episode is called "Enemy of Good." Whoa. Lem's loyalty to Vic is tested when he's interrogated by Lieutenant Kavanaugh and Aceveda about the strike team's corrupt past. So Kavanaugh goes to Aceveda and he's just like, listen, I'm going in for this. And Aceveda's like, yeah, man, I tried that before it didn't work. He's like, yeah, I know. You running for mayor? He's like, you want it to be known that this festered under your watch? He's like, you're in on this investigation and you're going to help me nail Vic Mackey. So um, the thing with Kavanaugh, is he is very routinely the like he's introduced as the most like by the book guy. Like he he knows the book, he never wavers, and he does everything right. Uh but he also the point I think at the end of the season is that he is uh no different from Vic once it becomes personal. But it's not personal. Not personal. Jared. Sure. He's uh, a different kind of cop. He's a different kind of cop. Uh this is also where you're introduced to guys like Guardo. Guardo is a dude who is like <laughs> a... He's like one of the new Bizlats guys. The reason mm-hmm. I bring this up is it—it it com- its a, it comes back later. But Guardo, he's here, and that's all I have for that episode. Uh, five oh three, pinata corpses. <laughs> oh, no. this episode was called Jail Bait, Jared. This is a, this is almost a Millennium-esque episode. Oh shit! The the blackometer? The blackometer. This one is uh, it's not absolute black. But it's like a, like a, uh, a, like a blueberry black. Or like a blackberry black. You know how it's like kind of purple, but it's not full black? I call this episode Blackberry. Uh, this episode's called Jailbait. Yeah. While the strike team figures out their next step concerning IAD's investigation into <sighs> Lem, they put Tina undercover to help bust a sex trafficking operation. <laughs> so um, Kavanaugh goes to Lem and he's like, we got you for heroin. We got you. Do you want to spend your whole life in prison? for these guys they would not do it for you uh but lem goes immediately to the strike team and is like they're on to me he's like we got to figure out what to do uh and then tina who julian is training tina can't do anything right julian absolutely fucking hates tina and t-
1: t- tiny tina
2: tiny tina um who i remember from a hit movie called clock stoppers it was a kids film i rented it frequently so you can check that out uh but so they're going to a sex trafficking ring and they get her to like go undercover and she almost gets like uh raped and like raped by a gang and stuff like that. Uh so uh, she gets rattled a little bit. But uh what they're doing is it's like a sex trafficking ring and uh they're hiding bodies in uh, uh piñatas and like moving them like across lines and stuff like that. So I was like piñata corpses. So I was like that that would have been a plot point in Millennium, you know? I feel but it would like it would the cold open would have been a kid hitting a pinata to open it. And then like a hand falls out of the pinata. That's what it would have been on millennium. Mm. Uh, so, and then in this one, uh, the boys start looking into Kavanaugh. They're like, what do we got on him? You know what I mean? Uh, oh, the boys also, I think in the next episode, they lawyer up. Uh, so they get uh, this lawyer named Becca uh, and she's representing lamb. And Vic is like, she seems good. She should represent all of us. So that's where this episode ends. And then we have 504. Another Millennium-esque episode, Jarrett. Uh, Roadkill Umbilical Cord Baby (laughs) gets punched to death.
1: The cold open to this episode... It just keeps getting better. The
2: cold open to this episode is there's a pregnant lady... On the street, and she's dead, and there is a smear of blood and a trail. And they go, "Where's the baby?" And then they go into the alley, and the baby is dead. And they go, "It looks as if the baby was punched, and it broke its, uh, it's cracked its lungs. Someone tried to cut the baby out, and then they punched it to death."
0: <laughs> uh,
2: this episode is called Tapa Boca. <laughs> As Becca contemplates whether or not to represent the strike team, Vic discovers the truth about Emolia. Emolia is uh, a, a CI for Vic and Kavanaugh turns her really quickly. So she's working against Vic because she's scared of Vic. Uh, so that's an episode. Um, But yeah, so what happens is the, the roadkill baby, it was a, a lady who wanted a baby. So her and her boyfriend, um they know the girl and they're like, because it's his baby. So they're like, the, his new girlfriend's like, I want that baby, let's get it. So they try to get it, but then it's uh, it's really hurt because they cut it out of a pregnant lady. So they try to give it CPR, and uh, they kill it because they crush crush it. It's a millennium-esque. Uh, other things I wrote about this episode. Uh, Kavanaugh gets Lem a birthday present. Vic <laughs> pretends to talk to Aceveda. Vic finds Amolia. Kavanaugh finds Vic. Claudette is sick. Huh. So, uh... Vic is doing this really smart thing where uh he keeps going publicly talking to Aceveda uh in in front of um Kavanaugh and Aceveda is always like Why are you talking to me and Vic's like I just checking in I just seen how you're doing my favorite my favorite captain I love you bud uh but he always does it very publicly and then Kavanaugh at the end of the episode's like Aceveda, how come Vic was never arrested when you were there are you working with him are you on the inside and is like, no, 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 I'm not on the inside. And Kevin I was like, well, it looks like that to me. So now I'm investigating you too. And then you're like, whoa. All right.
1: And then he, then he looks at him with that eye of his.
2: Like, oh. <laughs> uh, 505. Girlfriend jumps through a window and bites a dude. This is the video I put on the Discord, which uh, I thought was, prob. I think, I think my favorite scene in the entire series of the show Vic and Corinne are talking in the parking lot and Vic's like, man, these kids got a lot of homework and there's a lady handcuffed and like, she's just getting walked in and she goes "Ah," and she runs and there's a dude driving by and he's like, and this lady like breaks her head through the glass and then starts biting him on the face. And then Vic is like, Jesus Christ. And then, (laughs) and then the shield pops up and it's like, (laughs) and you go, Uh... uh," you go, huh?
1: And then you recline in your chair, and you go, oh.
2: You said this is going to be a good hour of television. That's right. IMDb tells me that this is a top-rated episode.
1: Do you think it's for one reason?
2: It's for that cold open, 100%. <laughs> but I've never seen this on IMDb before. Like, it's got a little yellow banner, and it says top-rated. So it's called Trophy. Kavanaugh bugs the strike team's clubhouse to get his stalled investigation back on track as Vic and the guys tried to end a deadly prescription drug ring. Uh, what else happens in here? So, oh yeah. So he clubs the bug, bug, bug house. Uh, and then uh, the shitters are clogged again. So the men's bathroom no. is uh, broken, which is a sign that things are going down because when Glenn Close was there, And I'm going to stick to this. It's when the barn was at its best and everyone was doing good. The shitter was fixed. Everyone was cool. Now the shitter's clogged again. And, you know, maybe the show's going to... Maybe things are going to start going downhill for the guys. Uh, But they they bugged the trophy room. But automatically... uh, it's kind of implied that Vic knows. So he gets the lawyer in there and uh, starts talking to them in front of the bug. And then Kavanaugh's like, oh, he's like, this is all inadmissible. He's like, we can't use any of this now. He's like, the fucking, he's like, Mackie he got me. So Vic pulls a sneaky. Oh. Uh, here's because one. Like, is, is, is,
1: is, is, I mean, is Kavanaugh trying to like out Ronnie? Ronnie?
2: He's trying to get all of them. But, but, like, but, yeah. but I mean,
1: Ronnie's like the guy.
2: Ronnie is the guy, but Ronnie ends up being. The strongest, most uh, like he is the all-in guy, and he's the only oh, one. Yeah. He yeah. Ronnie is the guy. Ronnie. He's the uh, the uh, ride or die.
1: Well, also, so I haven't mentioned this. I don't think. So yeah. years ago, back uh, in the God before social media, there was uh, like forums that you'd yeah. go on to. and oh there was this God. one I was on. Yeah, it's like those delphi forums in uh warren ellis uh the comic mm-hmm. writer he had his and it was like pretty like well frequented it was a kind of a good place mm-hmm. to hang out and chat with people who were interested in these things and then it kind of fell away but like kind of the i would say more interesting people kind of started their own message board run by one of the guys who actually knew how to you know build sites and stuff um and it turned into the v hive and oh. over, over on that, uh, there was, you know, these, like, fairly committed, like, TV viewing uh, groups. This was, like, you know, before before the Reddits. Uh, and, like, people would just talk talk about, like, new things. Like, 24 was a really big deal for a couple people. And there was people who um, would, like, who actually were working in, like, the television industry that would, like, post and stuff. And then one day when they realized that there was, uh, you know, people from, like, comics, uh, like, news sites... Who would like read these things and then, like post about what they were writing? They just stopped mm-hmm. posting, kind of right. unfortunate, but yeah. back when people always were excited for the shield, and there was this guy, uh, his name was like Jesse Baker. Oh, this dude, this dude loved Ronnie. His like I Avatar was Ronnie. For yeah. years, uh, and but he was always like everything when he wrote like his uh, shield reviews, it was from Ronnie's uh, like perspective. I like that. Like, I like that. Oh yeah, he was he was committed. This dude yeah. uh, was a almost as committed
2: uh, as Ronnie himself.
1: Almost, um, yeah. maybe more so. This yeah. this person had some um, really public fits, real displays uh, back when about very <laughs> weird things about comic books. But yeah, he was uh, he was on the right page when it came to Ronnie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ronnie's cool. Because I think, like, even when you first started watching it, I was like asking, like, what's Ronnie doing? Uh, are you a Ronnie he's, fan he's like yet? I don't think he really, like, yeah. Ronnie wasn't there yet. He, hadn't, yeah. he wasn't, yeah. He wasn't, like, well, fully, like, Lem, realized by us uh, in season one. But now,
2: yeah. Well, it goes Vic, Shane, Lem, Ronnie yeah. for yeah. the time being. Yeah. Ronnie so, was just
1: like this guy who's like, I'm the tech person.
2: Yeah yeah this season's all about Lem too but ronnie starts yeah. to come through here and then the last two seasons is the ronnie show i think in my opinion
1: when, when, when you're d- d- down to it's like uh you know nick few, and ronnie fewer people
2: yeah but uh ronnie really uh he comes through and he is a ride or die man ronnie really gets it um
1: he doesn't want to go see no fucking jail cell
2: uh uh-uh. uh uh but uh the, the other thing that, that ends in this episode is kavanaugh gets embarrassed because uh the clubhouse is bugged, and then, like, so Vic does the thing with his attorney, and then uh, Vic does the thing too. Where he's like, We're gonna go set up with the Russian dealers and we're taking a cut. And like, he gets the Russian drug dealers in the clubhouse, and then Kavanaugh's like, We got him, we fucking got him. And so, Vic and Shane are there, and they like uh, shoot a guy, and then Kavanaugh goes in, he's like, Holy shit, he shot someone, we gotta get in there. Because he kept wanting to wait. And then they go in, and then the guy uh, that they shot gets up, and he's like, What the hell's going on? And Vic's like, This is an undercover drug sting. He's like, You blew it, Kavanaugh. So Kavanaugh uh, gets an egg on his face, and uh, IAD's like, Hmm, maybe you're not as effective as you, you seem to be. Top rated episode. Top rated, Jared. Okay, this is a real Jared episode. 506, Glory Hole Monster. <laughs> This is uh, an episode which has ongoing multiple episode storyline about uh, men frequenting glory holes and then getting rat traps and other things put on their penises uh, with an escalation of a man's penis being cut clean off.
1: It It wasn't Wolverine fangs. Uh, yes, they
2: were Wolverine. F- uh, they were not the James Ellery Wolverine fangs, but you, <laughs> I think, I think you could ad-lib those in because it's implied. Yeah. It's implied. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, this episode is, uh, it's kind of a Julian one because, like, uh, there's a guy, and I can't remember what it is. It's, it's, the name of it is just, like, California Gay Man Liberation Act or something. It's something like that. And the yeah. guy goes, uh. Billings is like, I don't got time for you. Go talk to Julian. And the guy's like, so I got it. He's like, are you the guy who's helping me? And he, Julian's like, you're all monsters. You're sick. You're <laughs> disgusting. And that guy's uh-huh. like, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like Julian being gay actually never really comes up again, other than this stuff, because he's a uh, Julian's we'll got a real like, <sighs> yeah, against this. Because when he's There's... interviewing the the victims, he's like, you're disgusting.
1: <laughs> Yeah, good professional uh, right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think there's, like, one bit somewhere in the show, like, because you kind of drop it. But there's, like, a domestic disturbance that I think... Uh, it's this episode. Danny... Is it this one? It's oh. this one
2: or the next one where uh, where they interfere and it's one of the glory hole guys. Is that what you're talking about?
1: No, this is, um... It's, like, there's a domestic disturbance in, like, I can't remember if it's, like, Danny or whatever. They go check in it's, like, oh, it's at Julian's house.
2: Oh, that happens, uh last season because uh danny was still on patrol yes at that point she's not in this season but yeah there's a domestic disturbance and it's julian and his wife are fighting and they're doing like uh in vitro fertilization Mm because julian doesn't really want to have uh like relations with his wife because he doesn't Mm -hmm. like girls uh so that is like a plot point for julian in season four and then never again you never see his wife or his uh his son his his uh, private yeah or his sexuality ever again this is the last time it's ever mentioned and it's just because he goes after these uh he just really is very mean to the the dudes who are frequenting the glory holes he just tells he tells them they're disgusting monsters and stuff like mm-hmm. that and you're just like damn julian it's okay to be gay man just do whatever you want but uh that's not julian's big that's not julian's big uh so this is the hole episode uh this episode is called rap payback the walls close in on Vic when Kavanaugh invades the barn and sets up office. Oh, yeah. So Kavanaugh takes over the captain's office and he's like, Billings, get out of here. And Billings is like, this is my office. <laughs> and Kavanaugh's like, I'm a Lieutenant. I don't rank you. Get the hell out of here. So he sets up the office and this is where Kavanaugh really starts doing his thing. Uh, he pulls in Corinne because uh, Corinne finds out that he does not have an autistic son. And she's like, you're disgusting. Why would you do that? She's like, that's disgusting. That's my Korean voice. Uh, but he pulls her in and he's like, he's like you got to tell me. He's like, Mary. And she's like, wives don't have to testify. He's like, in this one, they will. Because what we have on your husband is too big. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then uh, Kavanaugh's like, hey, do you see Officer Danny down there? Do you see she's pregnant? Guess what? That's, a, that's the f- fourth kid. Think he's going to be autistic too? Vic's not going to have a lot of money anymore. And uh, like, which it, it isn't confirmed that Vic is the dad, but Kavanaugh is playing Corinne. You know what I mean? Uh, Cause Corinne takes the juicy fruit in the first episode. So he's like, I know I can break her. So Kavanaugh sets up Corinne here and uh, she cracks and she's like, yeah, Vic gave me a, a suitcase full of money one time. And then Kavanaugh's like, I got, I got Vic because of this. So glory holes. Am I right? Uh, five 506- Oh, don't, don't,
1: don't trust him.
2: Don't trust them. 507. The boys play baseball while Claudette falls down some stairs. Oh dear. I forgot there so I mentioned Claudette is sick. Claudette yep. has lupus. Uh which is a major plot point for her for the foreseeable future. Yep. This is a and there's also a baseball match between uh rival uh or not, right, like, different dist- uh, d- district precincts. And no. one of the guys on the other district's like, hey, this strike team's really good. He's like, Kavanaugh is a fucking joke. He's like, everyone saw that he botched that thing. He's like, we should get the strike team over over in our district. And Vic's like, yes, you should. You should get us over in your district. Yes. Um, he's like, yes. But uh, this is this is mostly a Dutch Claudette, uh, Claudette episode because this is... um a clavon episode remember clavon the black uh, serial killer yep so he's in here because his sister is missing and uh they're like you killed her didn't you clavon you f- you fucking killed her uh well actually no wait uh his sit the-, the sister comes in to the police station and is just like uh she's like i actually believe you guys now because that's what they were trying to convince her before she's Mm, like i believe you he's doing bad stuff i'm too scared to go home and they're like ah it's okay Dutch like goes home with with her and searches the house but then clavon comes home so he runs away and then clavon comes into the police station and that's when his sister is missing so uh dutch and claudette are like you killed her didn't you and he's like no he's like that's why i'm here so to help you guys uh and then the sister turns up they find her she was hiding because she was trying to run away so what Dutch and Claudette do, which this happens a lot in the show and they're like, it's a police tactic. But uh, again, it makes them no different from Vic. They always lie to the, uh, during the interrogations where uh, they show Clavon a body of someone who looks like his sister. And the reason he's there too is like a woman was just killed and her hair was cut into a little red Afro. And uh, Dutch is like, Clayvon's card- uh, targeting you Claudette. He's sending a message. He's like, you can't go in with this guy. So they show him a picture of uh, his sister Uh, And they're like, we just found her dead. And he like breaks down and he's like, all right, I did it. I killed them. He's like, are you happy? Uh, And uh, he's like, but I didn't kill my sister. He's like, I never would. And then they escort him out. And then Clavon sees his sister and he's like, you lied to me. You lied to me. Uh, And then Claudette's like, yeah, but we got you, you son of a bitch. And then she falls down the stairs because she's exhausted because she has lupus. And the reason I'm emphasizing this is because in season seven, Clavon Returns, and mention of the falling down the stairs is an integral, 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 integral intre- intre- plot point.
1: Integral, of, even.
2: Integral of, uh, of the episode. So something mm. to look forward to, okay? Yeah. Uh, 508, uh, barbecue grenades. Oh, shit. So people are having barbecues, and uh, other people are going around the fences and throwing grenades into the barbecues and blowing people up. Uh, tensions are high in the farmington district jared this is another top rated episode this is called kavanaugh this is about kavanaugh and his ex-wife as kavanaugh deals with the emotional circumstances surrounding the return of his ex-wife his obsession to take down the strike team comes to a head uh so kavanaugh's wife calls him and there's been mentioned before that his wife left him uh but Kavanaugh's wife calls him and uh, says that she uh, was raped somewhere. So Kavanaugh goes, and he's like, it's okay. It's all right. He's like, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Uh, and there was an episode before where he's leaving a message for his wife, and he's like, come home. He's like, just come home. He's like, I won't ask any questions. Just come home. So he really misses his wife. Uh, and then she turns to him, which he likes because he he wants to be there for her. But Kavanaugh makes a really big mistake, Jared. And I wrote this down as I was watching this and then this was con- confirmed two episodes later where I was like, that was a big mistake. Kavanaugh brings her back to the barn and that's where they do like all of the stuff for her. And I was like, ooh, shouldn't have done that. Because as soon as he walks her in, first person they see, Vic Mackey. And Vic goes, all right, I see what's going on here. Uh, what you find out is that Kavanaugh's ex-wife uh, has mental illness. Yep. and uh, she faked the rape uh, because she did want to see him but she didn't know how to say it uh, and this is where Kavanaugh is the strict by the book thing he uh, he charges her with a, a false report and everyone in the barn is like Kavanaugh you monster how could you he's like she just wanted to see you and he's like you know what I don't care and then they track down the grenades Jarrett Yep. And uh, Kavanaugh is like, I'm going to be there for this investigation. They're like, you're IAD. They're like, you have nothing to do with this. He's like, yeah, but I'm going to be there anyways. So he goes. Someone throws a grenade at Kavanaugh. And he's about to die. You know who saves his life? Vic Mackey. Not Vic Mackey.
1: <gasps> Lem.
2: No, Lem. 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 Lemonhead Lemansky saves Kavanaugh's life.
1: Oh, man. And now, he now, like, he, and, and now he's going to send this guy away.
2: And you know what Kavanaugh does immediately after? Hmm. He says, this doesn't clear you. It's something mm-hmm. like that. Or he's just like, I'm still coming after you, Lem. You're still going to jail. And Lem's like,
0: fuck.
2: He's like, I just saved your life, dude. He's like, I didn't have to do that. He, like, kicks the grenade away or something. But uh, it's in it. It's uh, foreshadowing, Jared. Yeah. Foreshadowing. So uh, then we have uh, 509. Dutch watches porno. And well, oh, that's it. That's all that really happens here. Um, uh, but Kavanaugh is getting completely unhinged. Uh, this episode is called smoked uh, with their finances frozen. Vic and the guys are forced to find other means to bail Lem out of jail. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so I, for- I forgot that. But at the very end of episode eight, right after Lem saves Kavanaugh's life, uh, he arrests him. Because uh... Ka- Vic does something and Kavanaugh is just like. He's like, you he can't do that. And then he's like, arrest, uh, 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 arrest Lemansky right now. He can't wait anymore because uh, he sees Vic getting away with one more thing. Uh, So he cracks like Kavanaugh cracks and he's like, go arrest Lemansky. He's like, we're going to fucking put an end to this. So right. like, within within the same episode that uh Lem saves Kavanaugh, yes. they arrest, uh, they arrest him because. And, and that's why it's a top rated episode, RJ. That's why it's top rated, baby. Uh, and then what he does is he freezes the finances for the rest of the strike team, which causes problems. They have to get cash somewhere uh, somehow. They have, you know, they, they got to do the strike team stuff to get that cash. You know what yeah. I
0: mean?
2: Uh, sure. Put a
1: squeeze on there.
2: Put a squeeze on there. Uh, this is the um, uh, Dick and Grandma episode that I posted in the Discord. Mm-hmm, this is a mm-hmm. uh, 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 a series of pornography. Uh, targeted oh. at uh, elderly women, or not targeted for elderly women, featuring elderly women, and uh, a guy is killed, and they find out it's the grandson of one of the one of the gals that was in one of these, and uh, a Dutch has to watch a bunch of porns to figure it out. Of course, yeah. All right. Uh, then we have five ten another glory hole they just keep, keep coming back keep
1: springing up
2: and then I wrote pumpkins oh uh, okay I, I realize now There's a, uh, this episode ends with a Smashing Pumpkins song
1: oh, and I was just like is oh it, shit is, is that disarm?
2: it is disarm yeah. it is disarm you know what Jarrett one time um, okay this is a little bit personal but I used to listen to Smashing Pumpkins on my Discman on the bus
1: junior high,
2: on my Discman and one time, this girl, uh, who went to our junior high, made fun of me. So I, threw, uh, I, I had to throw hands with her a little bit. Don't worry, oh, no man. one was hurt. Yeah. Uh, no one was assaulted. But uh, I was singing out loud, like not out loud, but I was just mouthing the words to disarm. And there's a line in, this, in disarm where it's, uh, I used to be a little girl. Uh, I know this song. I, I love the pumpkins.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so
2: when this song came on, I was like, oh, god damn. And it, just re- it reminded me of this traumatic experience I had where a girl made fun of me. She's like, mm-hmm. what are you singing? And I was like, shut up, John Prindle. Shut up. <laughs> so uh, I told her, shut up. I didn't actually, I didn't hit her or anything. There was no violence. But uh, no. it really made me, f- it, uh, I was really mad because I was like, I can sing if I want to. and pumpkins are cool. Get out of my face. Hey. Uh, anyways, this episode is called Of Mice and Lem. What a fun episode title, hey?
1: Uh, I think everything's going to work out just fine.
2: For old Lem. Uh, While Lem prepares to plead guilty to the heroin charges, Vic strikes a deal with Antoine Mitchell that will guarantee Lem's safety in prison. Remember Antoine Mitchell, Jared?
1: I do. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So Lem's out on bail, but Lem is just like, you know what, guys? I am going to take all of it. I will go to prison. I will say I did everything. Just just, just make sure I'm okay. And uh, he wants to strike a deal where he's like, I need to go to an out-of-state prison, any other state. He's like, but I can't do it here because Antoine Mitchell's guys will kill me because I was one of the arresting officers on him and he controls all the prisons. So Vic there, goes there to like strike yes, a well, deal. What,
1: why doesn't I want to go there? It's where all the pizza is.
2: It is where all the pizza is, but not for him.
1: Oh, no. Not that's, for him. That's very selfish of Antoine Mitchell, not sharing that pizza.
2: Yes, he would not share it with uh with Lem. Uh, but Lem's whole thing is, like, he's talking, and he's just like, he's like, I'll, like, he was talking to his lawyer. He's like, I'll surrender, no problem. He's like, I'll take all the heat. He's like, I just need, he's like, I'm from Washington, Seattle. He's like, can I go to a prison there? And they're like, well, we don't really do that. And he's like, but you have to understand, I will be killed if I stay here. And then Kavanaugh and Aceveda. Are real fucking pricks, like always. And they're just like, surprised price of being a cop and doing something you shouldn't. Uh, he's like, they're like, every cop is vulnerable in prison. He's like, that's why cops shouldn't do things that get them sent to prison. And you're just like, God damn. It's like Lem's the only good one out of all of these guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> this 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 season really paints Lem where it's like Lem's always doing the right thing, and you're just like, man. I'm such a nice guy. I can't wait to see two more seasons of Lem. He's such a nice guy. Lem. Lem. Uh, And then Vic Mackey gets, this is where he is at his absolute greasiest. The
0: way this episode ends.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Vic goes to Kavanaugh's ex-wife's house. Uh, And he's like, hey, he sent me over here to make sure you're okay. And she's like, I'm fine. He's like, and uh, he's kind of like, yeah, I'm not really with Kavanaugh. I don't really like him. And she's like, really? He's like, yeah, I like you though. Uh so they bone down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they sure do. Uh, uh cuz the she's mentally unstable, uh <laughs> which is a plot point for her. And uh he is just a really bad person.
1: Yeah, is that is that the, is that the takeaway of watching? Or, cause like I assume you're finished the shield at this point.
2: I I am I have completed You have completed it. Yeah, and it's like and, the,
1: the, the, yes. the 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 moral of the story is Vic Mackey, not a, not, a, not, not, not a good person. Yeah.
2: I mean, the show is good in the sense like a lot of, you know, anti-villains, not or anti-heroes, not anti-villains. so oh, yeah. yeah, come on.
1: Come on, yeah,
2: Not Not the anti-villain, but uh, the anti-hero that uh, it's like, you're not supposed to root for this guy. That's the wrong message. But uh, the show is good in the sense that at certain times, you do root for Vic. You're just like, he is trying to do the right thing. But then... Vic does stuff like, <laughs> like this, and then you go, oh, right. Vic is a bad person. He's a bad dude. And uh, no more so than uh, at the end of the series, uh, which uh, <laughs> we've alluded to. And you go, oh, Vic. You didn't have to. Not like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, the last episode of Season 5, the high anxiety episode, uh, I have there's there's no killer song at the end of this episode, which I was I was surprised by. I was like, man, they should have saved Smash and Pumpkins for that last yeah. one. But this episode ends with black silence because no. of the impact of what happens here. Mm-hmm. Uh, And this is a spoiler. This is well, right? I mean, anyone who's like been but it, ha- it has
1: to be spoiled. Who's, who's who's not just like you know been. <laughs> listening to this and like not paying attention but if you're planning I mean whatever I mean if you're planning on watching the shield you should probably have just decided to make that make that decision for yourself already
2: skip ahead yeah
1: and skip ahead like I don't know a minute but it doesn't matter because it's gonna get brought up next week well
2: that's why this has to be discussed because it is a plot point for the next two seasons that gets brought up every Every single single episode episode, because that is how monumental this top rated episode is top rated. rated
1: see season top. five three top rated episodes three
2: top rated i've this is something i have never seen on imdb before ever I've, i just saw it three times in season see? five
1: that wasn't wrong season five baby
2: yeah, yeah uh, no i'm with you i'm with you I, I still hold though this season gave me anxiety because forrest whitaker made me incredibly anxious anytime that, that, he was on which is that, what he was supposed to do
1: that you know? induced anxiety in you makes it even better
2: Yes, it, it made me not in like the way season three created anxiety where I was like, uh, uh,
0: <laughs>
2: uh, this one was just like, oh, no, what's going to happen next? No. I think I told Jarrett one uh, last week, uh, he's like, he's like, are you liking The Shield? And I was like, you know, I find that sometimes like on set, like when I was- like during season five and six, it would be like Saturday and i would be like, oh, I'll watch like two episodes go to bed. And then it ended up being like 2 a.m. And I was like, oh, shit, I watched like five episodes. I was like, how did that happen? Mm hmm. So what happens? Yeah. Uh, but here's this here's the spoiler. Five eleven, Shane, nades, Lem. Shane drops that plasma grenade into Lem's lap. And plasma that's grenade. End. Yeah, it's uh, Halo was popular at the time. Yeah. Uh, so here's what happens in episode five eleven postpartum. Vic arranged to get Vic arranges out of the country and set up a new life for him in Mexico. So uh, there is an arrangement that Lem is going to get smuggled out by coyotes uh, and live on a goat farm for the rest of his life. No. Lem is adamant. D-
1: did you believe that was going to happen?
2: Uh, no, I thought Lem was going to go to jail. But okay. I also was kind of like, I what I thought was going to happen, or like, what did happen, I was kind of like, that's probably going to happen too. No. But Lem is like, I will take the hit and I will go to prison. The boys can't talk to Lem because they're under the watchful eye, but uh Vic thinks Aceveda's in his on his side because uh at one point is like does come to Vic and it's just like Kavanaugh's put uh digging into things a little bit too too much uh because Kavanaugh's looking uh Kavanaugh goes to Aceveda and is like why did you see this guy in prison three times and it was the guy who uh sexually assaulted uh Hmm. so Aceveda doesn't want Kavanaugh to find out about that uh but he doesn't want anyone else to either and uh, so he goes to Vic, and he's just like, "You got to get rid of this problem." So Vic thinks Aceveda's on his side; he's not. And Kavanaugh's like, "Hey, Aceveda, tell Vic this. Tell him that Lem is cracking, and he's going to turn on all of them." So Aceveda does, and Vic believes him. But Vic is like, "He's like, all right, guys, strike team. Let's go find Lem, and let's go actually talk to him." Vic and Ronnie have tails, which is documented plot point. Shane does not. So Shane leaves and Shane meets up with Lem. And Lem the entire time says, I am going to go plead guilty to all charges. And I will say I did everything. I am going to jail and you aren't. Uh, Shane goes, okay, no problem. He's like, I wish you didn't have to do it, but okay. But Shane in the back of his mind is hearing what Acevedo said that Lem is about to turn. So Shane goes, are you hungry, Lem? I got you your favorite. I got your favorite. And Lem goes, I'm starving. So Shane goes, okay, I got it. Here, I'll give it to you. So he goes to this car <clears throat> and he comes back. He gives Lem his food. And then Shane pops open a grenade, drops it into the car and then runs away. And then Lem goes, huh? And then the car explodes and then Lem is dead. And then Shane cries a lot and he goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to kill you. He's like, you understand, right? I had to kill you. I'm sorry, Lamb. I'm sorry, Lamb. I had to. I had to. I'm sorry, Lamb.
1: What I had a, to. What a what a what a performance by Walt Goggins.
2: Oh yes. Oh, I forgot on the creeping on. I was watching uh, we've been watching Gemstones and Walt oh, yeah. Goggins is in that and he mm-hmm. is very good in that yeah. show. Uncle Baby Billy. It's good stuff. Uh so Shane kills him, and that's uh the end of the episode uh is also kind of the start of season uh oh no it's not. So this episode ends. It doesn't do the hard black at the death. They find out that Lem has been killed. Vic and Ronnie have had tails on them the whole time. And uh, they go to the scene. Uh, so they know, it, everyone knows it wasn't them because they, they had cops following them the whole time. And then uh, they go there. Vic is distraught. Kavanaugh is there. And then Kavanaugh really kind of kind of hits that, uh, that wound. He goes, are you happy, Vic? Are you happy? Because you did this. You did this. So he, uh, they fight each other a little bit. And uh, they fight each other a little bit, and then Kavanaugh gets pulled in to the chief. And I think it's this episode, right? Like this is this is the piss one. It's not season six, right? I'm pretty sure.
1: Well, it's definitely still fifth season.
2: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, what happens is well, Kavanaugh... this is
1: the big no. This it's the, this is like at the this is before okay the piss. Yeah, you oh, okay, skipped no. you skipped piss.
2: Okay, that's when that's when they're that's when uh Kavanaugh messes up and they're they're gonna pull him off of this. So actually like two episodes before something, uh in the Kavanaugh episode, uh I think that's when it is. Um I can't remember when RJ when
1: here just completely skipping one of the most iconic moments in the entire series.
2: I, I figured out what it is. It's in the glory hole episode. <laughs> Because I'm looking at my screenshots and sandwiched between the piss is Julian saying into a guy's ear, a homosexual and then uh Billing's going, Julian, come talk to this gay guy about the rat trap glory hole business. So it's in it's in episode seven. If anyone oh. wants to know it's not even a top rated episode, Jared.
1: What? That's not a... even top rated. Yeah, if you want to have a good laugh. Um yeah. the the, so... the reading and conviction which Forrest Whitaker gives. To the the scene of like essentially it's like yeah what is it the uh, the brass are going to yeah. like wrap things it's, up they're going to make yeah, a deal with the chiefs yeah. yeah the the stupid chiefs uh they're going to make a deal uh and Kevin was like I thought we were here uh, we're going to go in on this and he's like, uh, he he's breaking out? so he's he's yeah. cracking here um and he, he goes on to talk about being pissed on and I, like, I, I have Naki's... the exact dialogue okay. if you'd like me to oh, read it sure you, you yeah, go where so, right
2: for some reason I thought it was at the end but I think it was so um it was yeah. so uh like significant to me personally I felt like it was a season closer but yeah. the, the way the season ends is they fight and uh um and then the season ends Lem is dead yeah. but uh so in episode 507 and and I'm gonna try to do my Forrest Whitaker here
0: this guy is just pissing. He's pissing all over us. He's pissing on you. What does it taste like, Chief?
2: What does it taste like? You know what? It tastes like piss to me. And then he talks about piss a little bit more. But the real emphasis, and it takes a while to say, this guy is just pissing. He's pissing all over <laughs> this us. Other he's pissing bit, on you.
1: There's this other bit in the speech, though, too, because he's talking about like what Vic Mackey's been up to today like what he's already done. And he's like,
3: what else is he going to do today?
1: <laughs> it's like, do it's so funny. Because <laughs> I, I did find the clip and rewatched it yeah. a few nights ago. Because I'm like, oh, yeah. it's season five time. But because uh, <laughs> it's like this, this implication Wait, that, like, Vic to... Mackey is just like this, like, cartoon character who just does all this horrible shit all the time. He's like, what else is he going to do today? You're like, that's a fair question. It what is... else is Vic going to do today? Like, what other uh, <laughs> abuses of power and authority is he going and... to get up to? And we're on root for him the whole time. And see, that's
2: the thing. Kavanaugh is right the entire time. However,
1: <laughs> but he's a bad guy. The, the
2: way the, the, the show is he's, designed, he's the Kavanaugh villain. is the big baddie of this season because yeah. he's going after your beloved Ronnie and Lem mm-hmm. and Shane and Vic. Uh, he's going after the strike team, and so he is the bad guy.
1: Yeah, because not though... like oh, it's the you know. Vargos, the foot collector. It's not, uh, yeah. you know, weird like pedophiles branding children. Uh, that yeah, like that. Vic Mackey's pitted against. Like, no, this guy's like the one who's trying to you know arrest Vic Mackey for killing police officers Maybe. and everything else that he's done. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's what I mean. The show is good in that in that sense that like they the bad guy. He's who you root for sometimes. And the good guy is painted like the villain. And you're just like, like Kavanaugh doesn't do anything wrong until season six. And that's where Kavanaugh kind of goes a little bit like where he shouldn't. But uh yeah, th- this entire season, he's always doing the right thing. Just man, Vic, he's, he's just so good. He's so good. And, and it's like in season seven, he, uh, he has a talk with someone. He says, you're pro he's like, he's like your biggest f- uh, flaw is that you think you're smarter than me and you're not because Vic is so fucking smart and, and, and he actually to... I mean he is he does he's willing to go things. the
0: distance
1: <laughs>
2: yeah he will do whatever it takes if he needs to shoot a pregnant lady and a five year old he'll do it he's got no problem with that he'll do whatever he needs to do it's no problem no. Uh, it's not personal it's not personal I think that's before the pissing thing, too. Because they're yeah. like, you're getting too personal on this. He's, it's not personal. What's he going to do today? What's he going to do
1: today? <laughs> it's
2: pissing. It's pissing all over
1: us. Uh, Good times. Yeah. Good this is times. Season
2: three top-rated episodes in Season 5, Jared. That's three. right. That's
1: and right. I'm just
2: scanning Season 6. Not a single top-rated episode. What? Which is kind of shocking, actually. But season seven has three also. Yeah.
1: This is the last episode, but it's the last two. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I got it. I will mention this in two weeks. Uh, Amazon prime fucked me because they have something really weird where the last episode, uh, um, whatever they did, they don't present it right. They show half of it and then it ends and you go, Oh, there's another episode left. And then uh, the next episode is like the big, like the long episode. And you're like, Oh man, yeah, we got an hour and a half. The first 40 minutes of it was the episode you just watched like it's the weirdest thing but they are separate episodes on amazon prime so like there's an episode 13 which is the first 40 minutes of the last episode and then there's there is an episode 14 on amazon prime
1: and it's just a regular episode plus 40 minutes
2: yes yeah it's that it's that episode you just watched but actually i was fast forwarding and i had to stop a couple times there's a couple scenes in that first forty minutes that weren't in the episode I had just watched, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" Because it's like, take out that weird false last episode that you have, and just do the real last
1: episode. What the,
2: the fuck? What the fuck? I said Amazon Prime. It's pissing.
1: Did you ever find it's the? On uh me. Did, you, did you ever find episode zero of uh, uh, episode no series season six? Yeah,
2: fine. I couldn't find it, which is yeah. a fifteen minute bumper between five and six. Yeah. Uh, I could not find it, but season uh, six does, like, in the first episode, it does have, like, they talk about what happened in that 15 minutes. There's nothing,
1: like, pertinent to the plot other than it's the the funeral and flashbacks. Yeah,
2: I did try to watch uh, episode zero on a site, but when I clicked on it, there was, like, 17 pop-ups, and I was like, eh. I was like, I'm going to exit this out now.
1: I said, you know, come to Russia.
2: He said, you want to come here?
1: You fight Ukraine.
2: You want to see? You, you want to see? You don't, you know, see. I'm kind of shocked that season six has no top rated episodes. Curious. S- season four also has no top rated episodes.
0: Mm.
2: Season three has two? Ooh, nah, wow. nah, nah, nah. <laughs> season two has. Because they're one. sick. <laughs> it's sick. And season one has uh, just the, the last one is a top rated episode okay interesting
1: very well interesting i'm sure as our dear listeners have better become shield fans
2: i mean if they're not watching yet they probably won't but that's okay uh season five is good season five is very good i but i also i actually think season four is is really good
1: too yeah Um, oh yeah there's nothing i mean season four is good i'm a shield Uh, fan rj you don't have to convince me
2: season one and two are good season four is good season five is good There's no season three. Never happened. Yeah. yeah, Never happened. Don't even. Dutch is fine.
1: Dutch is the, the, uh, what did you say? The moral compass.
2: He is. Except the viewers of the show go, but it didn't
1: happen. You just said.
2: Yeah. Didn't happen. Season three didn't happen. You fixed it. And he is like, they push that so hard in season seven. Everything Dutch does is the right thing and, like, the morally just thing and, like, the good mm. thing. Like, he's, like, helping people. And, like, he, he Claudette's lupus comes back real strong in Season 7, and he, like, he's, like, doing such nice things for everybody. And he's just the moral compass. But it's, like, if there was, if there was a Season 3, something might say otherwise, you know?
1: Hey, are you saying, RJ, a person can't change? Or, or, Not very, after that. <laughs> I don't think
2: there's cr- any coming back after that
1: one one little misstep what, what what would jesus say
2: incarceration not uh not um what's the
1: but isn't he better doesn't he do more work on the street mm. what about he all Dutch? the good what, what, what about all the good he does
2: uh he uh well he gets another lady killed eventually
1: that seems to come like with the territory of being a character on the shield yeah is, eventually you're going to get a woman killed Weirdly. Season, season
2: 7 has the, uh, the uh, high school serial killer, uh, which is Dutch's mm-hmm. Vendetta for season... If you, like, you might not even I, remember I, that.
1: I don't remember. So Because like, one of the things I'll know, too, is like when you're watching these shows back in the, the 2000s, uh, when you're like at 20-something with no, a lot of free time, you actually rewatch stuff. And so yeah. you watch, like, the earlier parts of shows far more than the later parts. Like later ones, yeah. And so you're, like, a little bit more like, oh, yeah. Because, like, when you start talking about Billings later on, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, right. Like, he's, like, a major character. But I think in For... my mind, it's like, it's just uh, Dutch and Claudette, the whole show. And then you're like, oh, well, fuck, yeah. like And there's good stuff yeah. there, too. But you're just like, you just remember the earlier parts where that's the one that uh, imprints on you.
2: And it is still like it is still Dutch and Claudette in season six and seven, but it is also Dutch and Billings like yeah. but Billings is like. Uh, he has like multiple lines in every episode, season six and seven, so he is like one of the more prominent. Lem is gone, so uh, Ronnie and Billings get get all the Lem lines. <laughs> they
1: get elevated.
2: They get elevated. Ronnie really comes through. Yeah. So I'm with that guy, yeah. that Ronnie Stan from uh, 40 years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, see, I see. You're there. He's on to. Yeah.
1: No. I'm Fair here it for it, Jarrett. You're here for it. This.
2: Pointing down. This. This, this,
1: so, this, So so much this.
2: So much this. I'm here for it. Uh, yeah.
1: Are you missing out on the FOMO, though?
2: That it's done now? Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, let me circle back. Are you still yeah. interested?
1: Yeah. Are you still interested, folks? Are you
2: still interested?
1: Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Let me, just, let me just circle back. Yeah. So I just want to mention that to people. Um, I, I'm not a fan of saying cheers to people instead of thanks. I, I'm not a fan. You're not British. You're not English.
2: You're also not drinking.
1: But people just do it. Even, like an like, email. Even, even even if they're drinking, I, I'm not a fan. Because oh, so do...
2: like you you don't like cheers in cups. Even well, no, like if you're if you're actually study. going to go
1: cheers and you cheers, fair game. But instead of saying thanks to like, people, so see, the people, they're the phase. And it still kind of kicks around where people go cheers. And you're like, uh, you're not cheersing that person. I don't, know. I don't get it. I know, um, uh, English folk are, are fond of this. And, but it, and it kind of spread here because people thought it made them sound sophisticated, yeah. I believe. You know what? I- um, uh, but not a fan, not a fan.
2: You know what I've busted out a couple times? Cheers in Mandarin. Gambe. You ever, you ever hit anyone with a gambe?
3: There's not even a word to describe you.
1: Gambe. Got any news for us, RJ? What's, Cheers uh, in
2: Mandarin is uh, pronounced Gombe.
1: What's uh, Jared Leto up to? Have you, what, have uh, you is there, is there yeah. a letter watch going on? How is he holding up with the, uh, the ongoing strike?
2: I think he's okay because it's. You remember when COVID happened and uh, he was in some sort of.
1: He was at the desert well, detox. Well, apparently, you months? know what? We're crazily enough he didn't know. Uh, yeah. One day, sorry, one day ago, uh, uh, he was at the 2023 MTV VMAs uh, with some bold eyeliner. Harper's Bazaar tells me.
2: Thirty seconds to Mars doesn't exist anymore. Why is he at? Uh, why is he at a music thing?
1: Uh. Because he's cool, he's morbid. Remember you 30 know. Thirty
2: Seconds to Mars, the band. Yeah. Do you remember?
3: Well, it?
1: Uh, Billboard just has an article. Jared Letter with Thirty Seconds to Mars talks the band's yeah. new album. It's the end of the world, but it's a beautiful day. Hey, the new album, Par Jer.
2: Holy shit! How many? How many copies are you gonna get?
1: Uh None.
2: One for the house. So I guess guitar, he he work. can't.
1: So now he's a musician. He's not an actor anymore. I
2: mean, he had he has been for many years. It's just his band only had like one good song and that was in like 2007.
1: Are you saying that Chris Jericho was more successful than Jared Leto?
2: Well, he has the Walls of Jericho.
1: He does. And and his band, Fozzy.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, they, I remember they, they, they're actively touring and uh, they, that that song uh Judas is probably pretty popular at this point. Judas it's Priest. But, just Judas. That's the name okay. of uh that's a uh, Chris Jericho's uh, entrance song at AEW. Okay. And, and and the audience sings it. And I there's think like, your buddy CM Punk
2: got fired from AEW.
1: He got shit canned.
2: What was he doing? Was he beating up people backstage? <laughs>
1: he was actually. That's exactly Why? what he did. He but beat is he up. Brooded
2: out or something like.
1: <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Is he going a... Benoit back there? Uh, you know, you know who he uh put in a chokehold in front of uh, a billionaire? Who? The, the uh, Jungle Boy, aka uh, the son of Luke Perry, RIP. Oh wow. Yeah, but, but that guy got suspended too because uh, yeah. he, he kind of stirred the pot. But you know what? I guess you just can't beat people up like you used to. Uh, well, it was a he, different yeah. time. It's unfortunate. You know, uh, I have a fondness for CM Punk, but I don't know. There comes a point think... where you're like, hey, you, stop that. Quit quit trying to think you're like a, this uh, Alan Moore-like figure, but mm. now you're just... You know, Alan Moore didn't... Beat up other comic professionals. To the best of my knowledge, to uh, the, to at, at Wimbledon. Yeah, at uh, Wimbledon Stadium. <laughs> but, <laughs> but let
2: me ask you a question. Yeah, if CM Punk was on the bus and he was singing to one of his favorite Smashing Pumpkin songs, and uh, some girl that uh, was there making fun of him, what do you think he would have done?
1: Did you put her in a face front lock or something like that, or are you, are you is not there to my of the knowledge? Story?
2: Not oh, to my ah. knowledge. Yeah, I suffer blackouts where I have uh, lapses in memory, so uh, ah. not, not to my knowledge. <clears throat>
1: did, did you rake the eyes?
2: Not to my knowledge. Okay. Yeah. Not to my knowledge. I, cl- I, I do not recall.
1: Closed line?
2: I do not recall.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very well. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, we were just talking about this, I think, off the air, but Bray Wyatt dying?
2: Yeah, yeah, they got him, hey.
1: One of your well, I was just like I just they thought of you I thought of you sitting on the couch at Corey's watching the uh the haunted house match, whatever that was. And what what you, was my response to that? I, I don't think you were impressed. I don't think you were a fan, but I that... I think the entire time, cause like, like you, you had come back into the wrestling fold just a little bit. He showed yeah. up for a WrestleMania and you got your first mm-hmm. taste of a uh, Bray Wyatt with projected worms on mats wrestling mm-hmm. Randy Orton. And then you came back to, for backlash the following month and you got even more of a taste of uh, a <laughs> e- egregiously bad wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, also all featuring Bray Wyatt, who uh, of course now people would talk about his genius uh, his, uh yeah. his, his aptitude for creating really great, memorable characters and personas. Characters. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty undeniable. I think he kind of, he, we know him, we know we knew him as Jibre Wyatt. It's uh you know, him. there's a lot of wrestlers you don't even, you've never even him. heard of. You he got in your head. I know At Ron Strowman. Exa- yeah. Another member of the Wyatt family, but, uh, yeah. but he's, he's, uh, Stroman's still alive Boy, for now. Well, Eric, uh, is it Eric Rowan and uh, Braun Strowman—they better watch out because Bray Wyatt died and um, Luke Harper also died like a couple years ago, um, which is another bummer in in wrestling deaths. Mm. These poor people. Yeah, don't be yeah. wrestling. Don't be a wrestler, folks. It's uh,
2: it's not. It's not that I wasn't impressed with the haunted house. I think what it was more than anything was I was just like. I think what I had, I had asked you guys was, is this normal? Is this something that happens frequently? Is these haunted house things now? And I think you guys are kind of like, eh, it's happening now. <laughs>
1: nope. It's the last time it's happened. But yeah. I then had, uh, during WrestleMania COVID-1, mm-hmm. um, there was the John Cena-Bray Wyatt match. that was How'd like that one turn out? Uh, some, it, it was a uh, lover-hate because mm. it involved uh, John Cena uh, wrestling through time, he was oh, wrestling. Yeah. yeah, he kept changing his gimmicks and was having matches, and then Bray Wyatt would like change the universe over into a into another version of John Cena. More like... worms? There was no worms. This was like pl- there was this no was, worms. This was Bray Wyatt's Funhouse persona, where he was uh, kind uh... of being a, a Mister Rogers. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, <clears throat> I remember and, that. And then there's like evil, like a, like a devil Vince McMahon puppet. That would make yeah. him do bad things. um uh, yeah. Alexa Bliss, it's uh, like a like a, like a, like like a, a Harley topic, Quinn, hot, a hot topic girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a Harley, a Harley Quinn fan.
2: Yeah, I could see that.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that was her gimmick, and people loved it. They were eating it up because you know what? People loved <laughs> the Undertaker. People love yes, they, they love Kane.
2: <laughs> Not to change the subject, but like. What kind of Patreon don donation would we would we need for you to be Harley Quinn for this Creeptober, this actual Halloween? And we could put the images on Discord, so it's exclusive. So what am I of...
1: just like a am I just wearing like the like an animated bodysuit? Like the, I'm trying to think of like what Harley Quinn you're talking about? Like the animated suit where it's like a giant like. Harley no, Quinn. I'm
2: talking about Margot Roby. like uh, oh, the daddy's man. a little stinker.
1: <laughs> What what would you do? Uh, uh Roby Harlequin. Yeah, I don't know about that.
2: How how much like like let's say bottom line, how much would someone need to dump into the um like dump into do the I to, do I do I
1: have to wear the Patreon? little like sh- shorty shorts? Yes. Oh dear and the fishnets. Yes. Yeah, the uh, t shirt, the little like cardigan and Yes. Daddy's little thing.
2: You know... And I mean it's okay mm-hmm. for you. Reggie. Eyeliner
1: pigtails
2: yeah just what would it like you could do that and i could be leto's joker
1: oh that would be that would
2: rip well but we're not we're not doing that for free because there's too many porn freaks who subscribe to our discord that uh yeah uh, we'll pay top dollar for this it's like my feet uh, when my feet were uh talked about when then we had six new people sign up to discord yeah uh, my foot picture was on the internet Foot, foot pics
1: yeah that's all that's all it took yeah. Um is is a million dollars enough, RJ?
2: Sure, if that's what you want to set it to. Sure.
1: Yeah. A million dollars.
2: All I gotta say is people out there in Creeps land. Creepsville. Yeah. If you want this to happen, <laughs> we will do it.
1: Yeah. You can also pay us for it so it doesn't happen. Yes, you could do we'll, that. We'll, too. There'll, there'll be competing bets.
2: So All I'd say is yeah. do the right thing. Do the right thing. Do the right thing.
1: That's right, Mookie. No. We got, well, we we got movies to talk about.
2: Yeah, you're you're god dang right.
1: So, there uh, we go. After the break, just keep on dancing. Yeah, just keep on dancing. podcast. And tonight we're talking about Martha Graham. Oh. Dance on film. Oh. So this uh release spine 406 uh is a compilation of three productions by a uh, this guy, like Nathan Nathan something. Sure. Nathan Kroll. Sure. Uh here's a synopsis because I mean, I don't know as I was commenting at the end of last week's episode, I was like, huh, how many people have logged uh the, these Martha Graham films? And it's under 500 on Letterboxd. And, I mean, these are the real cinephiles of the world now oh, on Letterboxd, on the, you know, cinephiles, RJ. Okay. People who belong in jail. Okay. But uh, that being said, uh, they gather and they watch these sort of things. They overrate them. They love it. They say they're here for this etc sure. uh but very few people have actually logged these so i'm really not sure um w- what the audience is for the release of this in me. Cri- in criterion yeah uh, other than you and i like they, they would have known yeah. uh, back in like 2009 or something like that when these came out oh we know who's gonna love to watch these when they watched them in spine order like morons mm-hmm.
2: yeah well, it's not our um, fault
1: Yeah, so this is going to be a rough ride for everybody. For Martha Graham fans, uh, for Criterion fans, it's going to be something. But anyway, Mm. what's the back of the DVD say? I I don't know. You ask?
2: I'm so curious.
1: Well, according to the Criterion website, one of the great artistic forces of the 20th century performer, choreographer, and teacher Martha Graham influenced dance worldwide Criterion presents a sampling of her stunning craft all collaborations with television arts programming pioneer Nathan Crawl oh, yeah. A Dancer's Role 1957 narrated by Graham herself oh, wow. is a glimpse into her classwork and methodology Huge App- Appalachian Spring yeah. from 1958 uh-huh. uh and Night Journey, 1961. That's oh, huge. I mean, I know you want to talk about these really bad, but uh, allow me to finish. Oh, please. yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I know you're getting ahead of yourself. I mean, can't <laughs> blame you. Our two complete grand ballets, the first, a celebration of the American pioneer spirit, scored by Aaron Copland. Oh, my favorite.
0: Oh, yeah. The yeah.
1: second, a powerfully physical rendering of the Oedipus myth. Oh wow! These are signature Graham works and tributes to the art of the human body. Oh. You, you can continue RJ. I know you have a lot to say here. Or, or snortles? I just uh, it,
3: You snorted yourself. Uh, is, uh, uh, huge.
1: Okay. Huge. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh how how did you find this week's experience RJ in general?
2: I thought it was huge.
1: Were you Yeah. yeah. Um
2: I don't I don't want to play okay. my hand too soon, so let's just say that uh I don't know if we've ever had a set of movies quite like this, is what I would say. Right. Not quite. Yeah.
3: Okay. No, we haven't. Yeah. Uh
1: 'cause so are are these movies? So first up. Uh, yeah. Um so my my Criterion channel I'll mention this wasn't working. Oh, uh, was when like I went me to go watch week, these. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but uh luckily YouTube came through and these are only 30 minutes each.
2: They uh they all worked for me but th- that's not so much. I don't know.
1: If, uh, I, I I I didn't I didn't try it again yeah. cuz I, I I had a solution but What was that? Uh, that's fr- that's frustrating.
2: Yeah. I mean and yeah. that is frustrating.
1: Things, things things should just work. You do
2: hope, but not always you'd the hope. case.
1: No. Um, so anyways, Martha Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, A Dangerous World, 1957, directed by Peter Glushenok. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know. Pete. Oh, yeah. Coming through again. Uh, what this one is about. Yes. Uh, it opens up with Martha Graham talking about her work. Hmm. And she breaks the fourth
2: wall. What do you mean?
1: She talks directly to the audience. To me? She the audience? Back, she pulls back the curtain. She looks directly at oh, us. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. You, you, you know about this? year i this? I'm,
2: I'm hearing about her right now.
1: <clears throat> okay. Uh, and she's got some thoughts. She's got some ideas about dance. Oh? Uh, I would say that she considers it very important. Like very
2: important
1: like that very important okay. yeah the most important even okay. um but anyway that's all this is is her preparing to play jocasta oh, yeah. uh, which we will see pay off in the third installment of this set uh and her performing talking about makeup and then you get an introduction to her uh company of performers mm-hmm. um uh, as well as like students of hers and it's just like a showcase of i don't know dancers mm-hmm. dancing and uh i will s I will say that this was the most interesting of the three okay would that am i am i crazy or a jam?
2: No, I found this one to be the most watchable
1: if you're going to watch one, make it A Dancer's
2: World from 1957. I think that's fair.
1: Yeah. So I mean what do you even say about these?
2: I mean Well oh, you tell me you're that you're the you're the there's big no, fan. There's
1: no plot. There's no plot. There's no story. There's no recap here. Uh this is her making notes and observations and then she introduces each of the uh dancers one by one. The, you know what? I don't know dancing. I can say, yep, these don't all tell seem like professional. they're yet. all pro- they seem like professional dancers. Okay. They're they're there, you, you can't help but appreciate the like. Cause, I mean, imagine if you will, RJ, yourself dancing, dancing on yeah. your own. Yeah. Um, but like, imagine like holding these, uh, positions. Okay. Holding these, these, like, uh, these gestures mm-hmm. and like just holding it. And like, you gotta, you gotta do it for as long as you need. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, so you, you have to like learn control of your own body. Sure. So, you're gonna get real, you're gonna get real fit, okay. real fine. You're gonna wear spandex. Okay. Um, and, and you're you're going to learn how to move okay uh, but you also have to work with others okay. uh, as you as you get choreographed and it's all going to come together and you're going to suggest something to an audience who's going to i guess come to these sort of performances either like as total novices or absolute experts and be like yes okay. this 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 is what we want mm-hmm. or be like I, I need to learn more this is exquisite interesting some people go, i mean some people go to these things and, and they uh, turn they, they turn into dancers rj they turn into dancers
2: interesting have you ever been yeah. to a uh, interpretive dance
1: you know, I, uh, the thought occurred to me that, uh, so I've asked on, uh, the discord RJ, uh, a, a question to the, the fans, the paid subscribers yeah. uh, that were on here, uh, if they had ever been to a live performance of what we'll call modern dance, okay. I think for the last few weeks I've been ta- mentioning ballet, mm-hmm. and I think even in the write-up here it mentions ballet, but this is modern dance, okay. not to be confused with contemporary dance, but modern dance mm-hmm. um, that our uh, Martha Graham uh, kind of spearheaded in the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, she, she's, got like, she's got, like, the oldest school still around, and it's probably the one that everybody wants to get into, maybe. Who knows? Okay. Uh, You'd have to ask a dancer. So, anyways, I asked if you had ever been to a live performance of Modern Dance. Not, like, seen it on TV or mm-hmm. something, but, like, actually gone in person. Uh, three choices I gave were yes, mm-hmm. uh, no, but would like to at some point. And my favorite, C, no, God, no. Uh, And God, no, was a a runaway smash selection uh, from our small sample pool. But uh, two unfortunate souls have been to uh, a live performance of Modern Dance, and one of them being you.
2: What did you think of that, Garrett?
1: I I went, yeah, sounds about right.
2: Okay, so I might not know the finer points of Mm -hmm. the distinctions between modern, postmodern, and the postmodern Prometheus of dance. But uh, uh,
1: yeah, Frank- I, I'm here for Frankenstein <laughs> dances. Is that like the monster mash?
2: It is. It is something like the monster mash. Now, uh,
1: what, would, you, what would Martha Graham do with the monster mash?
2: Uh, I think it'd be a runaway graveyard smash. Yes, it would. It would. Uh, She'd smash it. Now, all I have to ask is, would you consider uh, interpretive dance as modern dance?
1: Sure. Yeah. I don't care.
2: So do you want to hear my story?
1: Uh, I don't hear some gatekeeping though on that from people. I'm sure there's some. Imagine, imagine if we still put these on YouTube. Oh, 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 oh. I, the hell, I, the hell that would be. Did
2: you see that we had uh, 4,000 subscribers on YouTube?
1: I didn't. Uh,
2: apparently, allegedly, all by itself. Yep. Don't even do anything. No new episodes.
1: Be- beautiful, yep. not unmonetized.
2: Yep. Well, that's the thing.
1: Just, just we we get paid in abuse. Hey. A Dancer's World is at 499 views. That's Will one of you be the 500?
2: Oh, oh dear. Um, I hope not. <clears throat> so I'll tell you about my interpretive dance, okay? Uh, when I was a little kid, I had this obsession with, do you know the book series Red Wall? Nope. It's about, like, mice, and they have, like, a castle, and it's, like, they live with, like, other animals. But the...
1: is it a fan? Is it a fantasy thing? Yeah,
2: it's like a kids book. It's like a kids book about like <laughs> mice that, uh, um, defend like castles and like shit like that.
1: Okay, I've got it pulled up here. Let's look how cute that is. Little little miceies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the uh, the writing of Brian Jacques.
2: I think it was Canadian, maybe I don't know. But uh, when I was like nine, ten, I really liked these that's books.
1: A... I, I see a badger. There was
2: a badger in there too. Yeah, it was all kinds of rodents and small okay. mammals and things like that.
1: So I was really. Uh, I, I I see. There's a a Redwall book that's uh, illustrated by Troy
2: Howell. D, Troy Howell.
1: D, D. Wow. Uh, and then there's a the movie. Yeah, there
2: was a movie. There's a little animated movie. Yeah, yeah. You know what else there was about Redwall? Let me tell you. So I was when I was like, I don't know, ten. I thought these books were really cool. And uh I would make my mom uh uh whenever we were out, it we was like, "Do you want to go get something?" I'd be like, I'd be like a book, and she was like, "Yeah, of course." Cuz uh, my mom was always uh very supportive of reading. Uh I liked reading the Zach Files, uh Goosebumps mm-hmm. and Redwall. And so I'd always pick mm-hmm. them up and I had like, I don't know, four or five of these. Uh and one time, we saw an advertisement that the University of Lethbridge was doing a show based on the works of Redwall, and oh damn, I shit my pants.
1: You soiled yourself.
2: Yes, I said in my town, here in Creepsville? I said this right. this very niche market of like rodent based fantasy. I said,
1: awesome. here? Hey, uh, when, when I was looking this up, I did see that uh, David Peterson, the uh, creator of Mouse Guard. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess when Brian Shock died in 2011, he had a little like, a couple like sad little mm-hmm. moles and mice with their sword down. Yeah. Uh, much respect.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 This was like a pretty, like, uh, it's like I said, this is very niche. I don't know how many people know about this thing, but uh, this was what I was into uh, for a, for a while. And uh, when I heard that there was going to be some kind of show on this, I was like, "That sounds amazing!" I said, "Mom, can you take me to this, please?" And she's like, "Yeah, no problem, no problem." I think it was in like uh, grade five or something like that.
1: And so we're talking mid nineties. Yeah, this
2: is yeah, like 95, ninety five, ninety. Oh no, no, uh, like yeah, like mid late nineties. And
1: uh, okay, uh,
2: so she took me and uh. I, w- I was under the impression that it was like,
1: like a show, like a play. You get, or... you get like animals costumes.
2: Nope. I was under. That's what you thought. That's though. what I thought. I thought it was like a sh- like a play or at yeah. least a musical. You know what I mean? Because like the university does like one musical a year, right? Or so. Yeah. I thought it was something, something like, like that. that. What we found out when the curtain was uh, risen was that it was a two hour interpretive dance there was no dialogue there was no songs it was two
1: hours (laughs) of
2: people doing interpretive dance
1: about the mouse stories the
2: fantasy mouse stories and here i am 10 years old or whatever and I, i i looked i was watching and i looked at my mom and I could tell she was just like, whatever, this is what he's into, and I was like, I'm not.
1: Well, this, this, yeah, he's into this, what have yeah,
2: you? I was like, no, I'm. I said, please listen, I'm. I'm not into whatever, whatever this is. This isn't my fantasy world of m- mice and badgers, like fighting dragons and stuff. Whatever this is, uh-huh. this is something totally different.
1: This just feels like shades of Jarrett watching the Academy Awards in 1990, waiting for a the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie to go up for some for best picture? Yeah, at least. at least.
2: So yeah, it was it was like an hour and a half, two hours of interpretive dance. Um and when I left, I because I was ten, I was really trying to justify it to myself and I was just like I was like, was it was it cool? I don't know. Uh um but I did uh, my mom bought me a hoodie uh from the concessions or like from the merch stand because she's like you're into this, let's get you a red wall hoodie and uh, all the interpretive dancers came out, and they all signed my hoodie because I was a ten-year-old boy wearing a hoodie of their interpretive dance show, and and they came out I, and
1: they're I, like, I, I, "I didn't, I didn't even know they had hoodies in 1995." Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, there's probably a picture in the in the catacombs of my, uh, <laughs> like my childhood memories. There's probably a picture of me wearing this. It was like a white hoodie, it said Redwall on it, and then there was a bunch of. Uh, 18, 19-year-old signatures of these interpretive dancers.
1: Where are they now?
2: Broadway? Uh, Bollywood? Who knows? <laughs> off, the sky's the off, limit.
1: Off, off Broadway. The sky's the limit. Maybe they uh, haunted the halls of New West Theater to, to this day.
2: Probably. Probably. So anyways, I have um, never again returned. To wow, that's uh... the uh, well, I've been to the theater since, but it was probably 15 years since I returned to the theater because uh, I didn't want to get uh, gilded again.
1: You got you got scammed, yes,
2: yes. Imagine being 10 years old and like for you, imagine the university has Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and you went, Holy shit, that sounds awesome! and you go to it, but it was just four dudes in green tights dancing and you went. Where are the turtles?
1: And then Shredder never shows up. Where, where's Shredder? No no, 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 Someone's like, I will, I will be the Splinter.
2: But it was, it was just ribbons <laughs> and like fans, and you go, wait a minute. Where's Hamato the, Yoshi?
1: The, the March of the Mauser.
2: Yes. So, uh, I um, I believe in in. I know someone will fight this, but I believe I have attended modern dance uh as a young lad and uh it still hurts to this day it still hurts
1: yeah i mean sorry are you, is martha Graham responsible i mean i'm gonna this say first I'm, video I'm gonna say, yeah. say
2: yes because uh, because sure, of the way yeah, that she she, uh,
1: she injected this poison into yeah. people
2: did uh yeah did you see my review of this this first film i did okay did you find it no. accurate
1: did you see the review uh, that I left.
2: I did not for, the, for this. Film. I did not, but I no. can uh, investigate. I, I mean,
1: you've seen the well. You've seen the screenshots, essentially summarizing it that you shared as. Uh, yeah. It's Wednesday, my dudes. So. Yeah. Okay. Which might confuse some people because they're going to go, "What? The Big Lebowski's part of the Criterion Collection, and they're watching it this week."
2: And then you go, "Well, well, no, potentially something different."
1: But am I wrong? No. 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 no, the I believe in the words of Walter Sobchak. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get out of here after the uh, what have you. Mm-hmm. This is the this is an hour and a half of what have you.
2: Can I? Uh, no, I'll wait. I'll wait for my piece. You tell me how you thought about okay. these, and then I'll I'll, uh, I'll yeah. say my
1: piece. Sure. Okay. So that that was just Danters World. We talked about laying some groundwork. I have no um, history with seeing any Modern of this dance. sort of thing live. No. <laughs> Nope, not my thing. Okay. Uh, um, whatever. It's like, Dan- I mean, uh, <laughs> Suspiria, the recent remake, uh, the 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 one from the seventies that one could have seen seen in theater mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. That's that's a good. Uh, that's that's about dancing, right? Uh, I mean... uh anyway, so dentist Dan- World's like kind of just like, oh, this is kind of a novelty. It feels like a special feature, unlike a. Movie about dancing. Mm-hmm. That's what Dancer's World feels like. Sure. And then you get to uh Apple Action Apple Appalachian Spring? Yeah. Apple
2: Spring? Yes. shit.
1: What? What? So this is from nineteen fifty eight, so this sure got released is. on to T V the following year. Mm-hmm. Um and the letterbox little uh one liner here. A filmed version of Aaron Copeland's most famous ballet. With its original star, who also choreographed, cool.
3: um, uh,
1: th- th- this this brought to mind another like movie that I like from the '90s, uh, a little movie called Waiting for Guffman. Okay, uh, where you have a bunch of people, uh, coming together, and they're going to tell you a, a real folksy little tale about a town. Um, uh, and the, the song that came to mind my, my my mind was uh, uh, talking about stool booms, and that that to me, th- this would be like prime Albertan uh, dance theater troupe material. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be like, "Hey, you know what? This story really touches a number of people. Bakers, everybody knows them. People love them, and uh, they don't like violence, but sometimes you got to go to war. And uh, you yeah, it's about community. Oh, is it about <laughs> relationships? It's about relationships." Okay interesting th- th- this this was cornball okay this, this was so corny interesting uh, What what is what was this play about what is yeah. it not about what is it not about I guess as the real question mm-hmm. uh yeah this this is everything if you want to make fun of interpretive dance
2: uh, it's your everything is that what you're saying this is
1: this is where you begin oh, okay Uh, my goodness, the notes on this thing. They just keep going forever. Themes? What are the themes of it? What
2: aren't the themes of this?
1: from Wikipedia. Themes of war are present throughout the conflict of Appalachian Spring. The central conflict begins in the Fear in the Night episode, where the revivalist delivers a haunting sermon. Uh... (laughs) The opening of the music uses delicately placed dissonances to create a dreamy landscape. In the script Copeland worked from, this scene was to feature the pioneer woman sitting terrifyingly still and looking over her land. Elizabeth Christ speculates that the entire ballet is the pioneer woman's memory. Chris suggests that the dissonances in the music depict the Pioneer Woman reflecting on the hardship she faced, and that the following episodes are entirely her own experiences. Chris continues that when the opening themes are recalled at the end of the ballet, the bride disconnects from the Pioneer Woman's memory, becoming her own individual memory. The bride sits where the Pioneer Woman sat at the beginning, the context having shifted to a new time. Chris describes this as an embodiment of the link between wars among generations. As World War II was linked to the Civil War, the Bride brings together the life on the home front in the 19th and 20th centuries. Graham's explanation for this was the fluidity of time, where younger generations feel the ramifications of things the older generations experienced.
2: I'm, uh, yeah, I'm here for it.
1: Oh, wow. Are you Were you here, though, for the flute? Oh. The clarinet? The bassoon. How could you not be here oh, for the flute? What? How about those oboes?
2: <laughs> oh well, what about the what? What's your favorite flute instrument? Reed instrument, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> reed.
1: Your
2: favorite reed instrument.
1: Um, Carol Reed.
2: Oh wow, yeah. interesting. Wow.
1: I, I definitely have to go with the I have to go with the bassoon, RJ. It's incredible. How about you, RJ? What's your favorite percussion? Percussion? I. I triangle. feel like you're a Glockenspiel Glock guy. Triangle.
2: That's a percussion, right?
1: I don't. I
3: don't
2: know. Let's just say it is.
1: It is actually. You're right.
2: Yeah, I see. Well, I mean, you I've really, been to I an, an interpretive dance. So. What
1: about what about a what about a woodblock or a snare drum?
2: A snare drum? I played a snare drum once. Yeah.
1: Oh damn. I mean, I've been to how, an how interpretive did go? dance. So. How'd it go? I mean, you are the expert. I, I Resident could, expert. I had a
2: drum set as a little kid, and I, I, I could play two songs: Jingle Bells and uh, Chop Suey by System <laughs> of a Down. And those are the only two.
1: Uh, I'm just gonna say I, I hated this. Okay. I hate, interesting. Hate, uh, real not a fan. Okay, interesting. This, yeah. No. No. Interesting. No. Appala- no Appalachia. No. Well,
2: tell me about the other one.
1: Night Journey from 1960. Um. So, um, I read this last week, actually. <clears throat> Night Journey. The Dance. Had its premiere only two and a half years after Appalachian Spring. So he keeps so, coming to get me. Yeah. And it is a close cousin. It, too, has a stream of consciousness. Uh oh, does it? Consciousness narration. Jocasta. As she is about to kill herself. Remembering what has happened to her. It, too, contains... In case you remember, RJ. It's about mother... Motherfucking?
2: Excuse me. Can you um, mother, elaborate?
1: The mom's banging her son and neither of them know Did it. you elaborate? You know about you know about Greece? Uh
2: I know about what they used to do in the Grease pits, if you know what I mean.
1: It too contains soul delving solos, broken up by ensemble dances. Here, however, the ensemble is a darker element.
2: <laughs> oh wow.
1: As the story was taken from Greek tragedy, so the core is the equivalent of Greek tragedy's chorus. They tell us how to feel. Afraid mostly in this piece, Graham pushed her habitual economy to its limits.
2: Of course, interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, so this is more of that what have you that you've come to expect. Uh, this one is not as uh, appalling as Appalachian Spring. I feel like the actual uh, camera work, the actual cinematography is better in this. I, I like the composition more, I like the set. Better, it's very it's super stripped out. The Appalachian, um, spring one, it's some like I don't know, Japanese uh set designer worked on it apparently. That uh, some people really got excited for. Uh, artist, landscape architect, um, uh, Isamu Noguchi. Everyone, everyone loves uh, one of my Isamu favorites. Noguchi. yeah, yeah. Um, the Garden of Peace, at, uh, it's a UNESCO site. I don't really know this stuff much at all. Well, oh, that's your nope. fault, though. That's, that's it is my fault. Yeah, not familiar. Didn't didn't did, didn't show up in my textbooks. I guess uh, you never been. To anyway, Orleans, so. uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan though of it. It I, I looked kind of, like a little junky to me. But Night Journey, like, it looked a little bit more, looked better. Um, I get it. You know what? I I was on watching these on YouTube. I saw some comments, some real fawning comments. People like talking about with Appalachian Spring. Um. People crying. Uh, you know, people has, were, like, how, how it, it brought them to that? tears. They were so moved. Oh, wow. They're so moved by the story. Wow. And, and, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I believe these things. I Sometimes people doubt it. cry things. You just kind of go, Oh, really? I, I'm actually going to look it up. I want to see some of these, uh, responses. I um, I people have always some people have always loved Copeland's music right. and being a, nat- a nature lover and native of western Pennsylvania, I thought the music captured the beauty and spirit of our hills valleys, and streams awakening in the springtime
0: yeah
1: yeah that that's 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 the kind of music you're hit with it's some Is there any
2: kid rock in any of this so <laughs>
1: <It's>, uh, <laughs> If people remember Wonder shows and uh, this, this recalled horse apples, okay. Um, this was such a lovely, wonderful performance. Oh, performed and presented in 1958 when I turned eight years old. I finally see it as an old man of 71 years old. Such a view with new eyes. This piece, favorite of music for me. Thank you. Oh, That's incredible. Aww, old man, yeah. watch watching uh, Martha Graham videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, there it is. This brings tears to my eyes. So beautiful, an absolute joy. Thank you for posting this. Uh, the set is amazing. Uh, the thing I note, one of my least favorite parts. But I don't know. Maybe this is incredible by um, uh, some people's. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe in the world of modern dance, this is like nailed it. Nailed it! But yeah, I see fake beards. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. feel like something you see at like the Heritage Festival, uh, or was it in Calgary?
2: The Heritage Festival.
1: There's just like a little little thing. What's I it called? Heritage Park. Heritage Park. It they feels like this plays every. they
2: there in Heritage Park.
1: Probably they probably do this for sort the of thing every day. There's like the, al Alberta Spring Dancers. They they've been doing it for. Twenty five we... years, and they're not going to—they're not going to say that. Hey, there's nobody even in the stands. They go, we don't do it for them. We do it for us. Oh wow,
2: oh wow. I—I I mean, I would watch. I don't know. I'd watch.
1: No one's going to. Well, you know, you wouldn't. No. You wouldn't, RJ. Wow. You wouldn't. Um, yeah. This is just like a a special, a couple special features without a movie. That's what this feels like. Mm. And Criterion, mm-hmm. um, uh, <laughs> proudly charged people. 30, 40 bucks for this like 12 years ago. Uh, now, now it's for free. You can watch it on the Criterion channel with a subscription or actually free just off YouTube. Put an ad blocker on. You don't even get ads. Well, no. Marvelous.
2: Well, I mean, there's, there's other things though.
1: There, there could be. Hey, RJ. What, what do you make of this Martha Graham business? Are, are you buying? What's my
2: alternative? You, 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 you,
1: are you buying this stock?
2: What, what's my alternative?
1: Or, or is this no buys?
2: What's my opinion on all of this? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. I'm going to tell you to a straight shirt because okay, that's the only way I know how to do it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Okay. How much of the 90 minutes runtime that this was did you actually
2: watch? I watched all 90. Okay. I watched all 90, but here's here's the thing. Here's the rub. You remember how, like, a month or two ago, I was like, I find it interesting that Criterion has added a speed toggle so that you could um, alter the speed of which you watched uh, a movie. You remember how I mentioned that?
1: Yeah, so that was a few months ago, yeah. yeah.
2: A, new achievement, a new achievement was unlocked during this, uh, this watch. 2.0 times speed. Is uh how I watched. So in reality,
1: so you so you watched like forty five minutes uh, o- over cranked dance.
2: Mm-hmm. And can I tell you that's one some of the that's one way of doing it. Looked like real time at two times speed, and I was like, "How slow is that person moving in reality?" That's
0: incredible,
1: though. Like that, like doing something very slow and no. that controlled actually takes a lot of. Effort oh, I,
2: I have no doubt at all and uh i am not one of those weirdos that is like wrestling's fake incredible athleticism and dance incredible athleticism i have no no doubt about that at all i do think it would be very very hard to train your body to do these kinds of movements so you're not going to hear that kind of shit from me i'm not i'm not a, a mega chud like uh, some of the dudes out there so i have no problem saying these guys are all incredible athletes, but I watched this at two times speed, and the reason for that is, I don't know why this is here. This is one of those ones where it's like there's nothing bad about this. there's nothing I hate about this. It's just like, why is it here? Why does this exist in this uh this thing that we're doing? And that's all it was for me. like I watched the first one and I was like, <clears throat> I was like, all right." whatever and then i watched the yeah. second one and i was like okay <laughs> i was like pilgrimage dance all right cool um all right,
1: all right. yeah this is yeah uh
2: I, I went all right whatever and then and by the third one like uh some of the dancing like okay so i'm not going to criticize the dancing but when uh, martha graham was actually dancing some of her movements it's like shit that's stuff i do like, on the dance floor, she'd just be like popping an elbow, like,
0: "Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, like chicken winging it, and it's just like, I don't know if that's like professional quality. I was like, I've seen dudes doing that on the street, just like unhinged, like walking around i I, I,
1: feel, I feel like there might be a couple of moves that a lot of people do at times,
2: yes, that's, that's yeah. it was it was there was a chicken wing time where she was just kind of like chicken winging it, and I was just like, man, you go downtown, you can see fifteen people doing that." At the same quality, uh, but
1: uh, like like I said, in in uh, leotards. Yeah. Though.
2: Well, some of them in no tards, if you know what I mean.
1: Oh shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> in the buff. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what the, that's what we call over here the raw. So. Whoa. I think I mean I I think dancing is impressive. I think it would take a very fine tuned athlete to do dancing. I think the sure. first one, uh, Dancers World, is the best of the three because uh it's the it's
1: it's the closest thing to like a 30 for 30 yes
2: yeah uh i do think martha graham comes off a little bit smug where she is just like so you think you know dance and she's like
1: so you think you can dance she's
2: like let's see let's find out she's like do you know dance you don't you piece of shit and then it's just like oh all right <laughs> whatever Uh, so that one is like if you had to watch this, if you were a real loser like Jared and I, and you're watching all of the criterions and you refuse to skip one, just watch Dancers' World. Appalachian Spring, you're just like the whole time I was kind of just like rubbing my forehead and I was like, uh, I I was like I don't care about the pilgrimage with these people and the fucking weird shit they're doing, and then Night Journey even like I, I, I wasn't even frustrated or mad. I was just like, I was like, I'll throw it on. It'll be over in 10 minutes. Cause I'm at two times speed. So fuck whatever. <laughs> exactly. I don't give a shit now at this point. Uh, That's right. But yeah. <laughs> like
1: like I, I, what a, what a curveball this is. I,
2: I know I say this a lot, but like these are movies that I genuinely am kind of questioning their inclusion here. It's just like, uh, what did Martha Graham have over John C- Criterion that he was forced to put this in here? Do you know what I mean? What she have I mean, on some, him?
1: So somebody in there was like, "Hey, we got these Martha Graham tapes, these old things. We should put it out there." And they went, "Oh yeah, sure. Oh uh, yeah." And and that was and that was it. Yeah. And they're like, "Well, people, we're not making anyone buy it. We're certainly not making making anybody watch it. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be foolish. Mm-hmm. What kind of." what kind of fucking idiot would f- decide to watch our movies in spine order as suggested by our spines? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never heard something re- so ridiculous in my life.
2: Yeah, I, uh... But,
1: but more like New York accent on that, I guess. Oh,
2: more of that like that. that? Yeah, I I mean, I got very little out of this. But like I said, I think dancing is impressive. Like, you you dance up, girl. Like, freak, get your freak on, whatever. Uh, but, um... Yeah, I think these are uh, not worth watching, is what I say. Uh, But here's the real Mm -hmm. question. Border Radio and Henry V. Where do these fit in? (laughs) On a scale of Border Radio and Henry V.
1: It's all the same. It's all the same. All the same.
2: Yeah. I agree. That's where I I have this slightly above Solo Con 2 Parigia, because I hated that Mm -hmm. movie. But it's below Henry V, because... uh, and...
1: Well, what? How would you compare the musculature of the bodies on display, RJ?
2: They're incredibly fit, incredibly fit.
1: There you, well, that the advantage, <laughs> Martha Graham. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: what about compared to
2: the bodies that display in Nanook of the yeah. North?
1: Oh, I mean, come on. There's no comparing the the buns on display. <laughs>
2: I mean, there's buns, all right. There's buns, all right.
1: Well, I can't see them. They're, they're in parkas. Yes. And then, and, then, and then killing seals.
2: Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's above that. The director, we don't feel like we should do this. It seems cruel. You're going to do it. You're going to make it a Club little, harder. You're going to make it a real nice. Later, you want to <laughs> take me to your village. Show me some women.
1: And you go. <laughs> That's right. What? Show, us the, show us the sweet buns. Where, where are the real
2: buns?
1: The good, yeah, those, and the abs. Don't forget the yeah. There's abs. some hot
2: abs. There's some hot abs for sure. But uh this is this no. all just falls into that realm which I've mentioned a lot. Drama nerds, <laughs> and choir nerds. I I think are maybe bad people, like in real life. Oh, like I just, uh. I don't know, man. But whatever, it's done. We did it. It's o it's over. <laughs> it's over. You know what I mean. So I can't wait for the next Criterion movie.
1: Ooh! Oh, well, I'm just looking at. It. Yeah, I was, I'm just skipping. We don't need to even do who hates. It, but I'm just like, yeah. oh, who? Who's watching Appalachian Spring? Yeah. Uh, Ben Muckenthaler, one and a half sure stars. Agnes de Mille's frenemy choreographed this, and they made it look like a minimalist production of Oklahoma. <laughs> yep. I mean... Yep.
2: Favorite films include Mary Poppins, White Christmas, Everything Everywhere, and Return of the Jedi, which we haven't seen in a while. Damn. Uh,
1: uh, Bryce Williams just wrote two stars. Man, I don't like 50s ballets, but he loves 40s ballets.
2: Is that is that true? I don't know. Uh, well, let's see what he loves. He loves The Fly, Tragedy of Man, Ninth Configuration, and Hausu. Uh,
1: Tay Lin just wrote I'm not a modern dance girl. Why not? But uh, she describes herself as a pretentious film girl from NYC. The
2: NYC? Like the NYC?
1: The, yep. Two
3: stars for the War of the Worlds. Really? Yeah,
1: cold-blooded.
2: Really. I don't know, like, I don't know why someone could hate that movie. That movie's super cool. It's super fun. There's nothing hateable in that. I don't think so, at least. Let's see what the other one
3: is.
1: What's the other
2: movie? Night Journey. Night
1: Dancers. Journey. World. Who, who hates this? Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. All oh, sub five hundred still. Yeah. But you could be the the one that unlocks it all. Mm-hmm. Um, someone just wrote home, Drainster four stars. Martha Graham rules. Thank you. Um. Mm. We got Marcus.
2: Uh, yeah, we have Marcus. I'm
1: probably missing the point, but Graham's choreography always strikes me as so anti-sensual. I mean, I've always thought this as well, RJ. Uh, it's so anti-sensual, deprived of all emotion. It's like choreography for fascist committee.
2: Is that kind of like an anti-villain?
1: We have determined it's best of you. Do not waver from these strict movements, these rigid, rigid structures. Mm. Look at what you can accomplish. Jesus Christ, Martha, let a body feel it out a bit. You want you, Marcus? You want to know what Marcus bio is?
2: Bio is
1: no. I was
2: called a pervy freak by Adam Agoyan.
1: Uh huh. So I'm not using his real picture. I see. Nah, he's using like a CTV kind of thing. Uh favorite movies or some deep
0: cuts. Yeah, I, I, I it was just that Very Adam
2: deep. Adam Goyan thing. I which stood out to me, but like Godzilla versus Sidora, it's like alright. I mean that movie's cool, whatever.
1: Yeah. Hundreds of Beavers from 2022. Who hasn't seen that? I mean, this looks like it could be your type of thing. Hundreds of Beavers? Yeah. Yeah, it does look cool. Look at that, look at that banner at the top.
2: I uh I like the poster. The banner is cool. Is this Canadian, do you think?
1: In this silent supernatural winter epic, oh, wow. a drunken Applejack salesman must go from zero to hero and become North America's greatest fur trapper to defeat hundreds of beavers.
2: See, the only thing, this sounds very cool to me, but this is an American movie, and I feel like for it to be authentic, I feel like it should be a Canadian movie. Well, um... I know there's pelts and... America too, but like Hudson Bay Company, like come on, come on, that's was, where the beavers was, was at. Mike Cheslick Lips, Michael Chickless, is that what you said? I don't know. Michael Chickless,
1: Ch- 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 Cheslick.
2: Oh, what about Cassidy Chickless?
1: My cat, my Cassidy,
2: my Cassidy, drugs.
3: There you go. Oh man. Jesus Christ! Christ,
2: Cassidy, what were you thinking?
3: Sorry, Dad.
2: Cass? She's so much bigger than him in the last season. She's like a foot yeah. taller than him. He's a small no, dude, eh?
1: Hey? Little guy. He's a little guy. Anyways, if you want to listen to the Shield talk, uh <laughs> rewind. Listen to spoilers. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on Martha Graham, uh, who I don't know if we'll ever hear from again, but maybe we'll find out. She choreographed some movie we uh, we haven't watched yet. I got no, un- unlikely.
2: I got no personal problem with these things. I, you got no beef. I just don't know why they're here. That's all. That's all.
1: I can see it. I can vaguely see it. It's just unfortunate that, you know, we do- we have to do this, this format. Yeah. Because, you know, we're, we're locked in. Yeah, locked in, baby. I know, I know. Yeah, I know, baby. I know, I know. Hush, hush, hush. After the break, um, we're going to have a hoot nanny. What? What? You want to bring a jug? Mm Hold down,
0: hoot nanny. Hold down.
2: That's
1: right,
0: hoot nanny mm mm-hmm. mm 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 mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. Baby, by the heel Do the next thing that you feel We was up in the In a dance
1: hall dance. RJ, what would you describe your dance style as being like? Super freak Super freak That's
2: exactly what it would be. And if you doubt that You don't know me at all, man
3: no, We've got
1: a Facebook page. What about Tumblr? <laughs> but who cares? Uh, we're on Instagram. What about YouTube? Tum- hey, Tumblr's the only one that cares. Tumblr uh, is uh, YouTube. One cares? We have, we're, we're, we're expanding on YouTube without even knowing it. No. Um, we're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barn Loaf. Where else is he? We're on SoundCloud, not Stitcher, because it's dead. Uh, iTunes, Tumblr, Google Play. Tumblr. Run, we'll Play. Yeah, guess so. But hey, RJ, next week, Gus Van Sant's Malanoche from 1986. Uh, the- I've, heard, I've heard I've heard big things from uh, our listeners who have already watched this movie. Sounds like it's going to be a real Bellagio pick.
2: Can you describe what that means, please? Um. Or do you want to make yourself liable in some way?
1: No, no, no. Give me one sec. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Lon Chaney wrote, Desperate gay incel harasses homeless Mexican teens because he's so insatiably horny that he's resorting to full-on simping for them and giving them money and shit. Gets fucked in the ass by a guy he doesn't even like that much. And nothing comes of it. What is there to look forward to? An hour in. And he's not even on the verge of solving his character flaws. Are we just supposed to watch this crap strike out with clearly straight men? Um, See this creep strike out with clearly straight men for 75 minutes? Skip it. Is this? But we won't be, because we have to watch this movie next week, RJ. Is that
2: actually the description? Or is that that, that is... Edmund movie that. Uh...
1: No. <laughs> this, is, this is our movie next week, RJ. described by one of our dear listeners.
2: Uh, is this on the channel at least?
1: I think so. <laughs> you won't have to go to Red Tube to watch it.
2: Well, that's the only place it would be available. That porn shop downtown, maybe. The one that porn is. Or no, no, that's a subway now. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, or, or is it a vape store and a Slash stuff.
2: subway? It was a subway. Uh, you'll for be... a bit
1: it was. Uh, hey, by the way, you can uh, watch this on the Criterion channel. Yes, you can. It's only hey, it's only a hour and 18 minutes. Wait, at two times speed? <laughs> oh, even faster. <laughs> You're you going to see that butt stuff at double speed, RJ. Just the way you like it.
2: Can you imagine eating a sub out of that subway that you know in your heart used to be a porn store?
1: It just lined shelves with the biggest dildos you've ever seen. How would you know? Just, sh- corner to corner, do this dildos. How would you know? RJ, can you imagine? Can you imagine such a thing?
3: What are you talking about? Good night.